for the best sports talk in the triad. You can't touch this. The best interviews with coaches and players. You're home for live triad sports. And now it's TGI Friday. Welcome to Out of Pocket with Michael Davis. Happy Friday. You're in the huddle with franchise players. Welcome to a Friday afternoon edition of the score. Tobacco Road's TGI Friday sports line. 4 p.m. WWBG 1470 a.m. every Friday afternoon. Hey, y'all, Tiny's Global Autos. Is your car broke down? Are you stuck somewhere? Do you need a mechanic? Oh, you don't want to call a tow truck? Call Tiny's Mobile Auto. He'll come out to you, do your work, whatever you need done, your regular maintenance, or if you broke down on the side of the road, give him a call. All you have to do is pick up the phone and call 336-423-6241. You don't even have to see me. Just let me know what's wrong with your car, and I will come and fix it, y'all. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram, TikTok. I'm on the Twitters. Whatever you you guys need 336-423-6241 as always i'll be seeing you hey panther fans right now on the sirius xm app here the most in-depth carolina panthers coverage anywhere with believe in carolina panthers part of the believe podcast network on sirius xm here from me desmond johnson and my co-host skylar callahan from sports illustrated and panther great jonathan stewart as we break down the panthers before and after every game through the nfl season your team your podcast Search BLEAV in Carolina Panthers on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you believe? You are locked into Tobacco Road Sports Radio, your home for triad sports. And you know this, man. Like to have everybody's attention for a moment. There's a stat. I don't like bringing up stats, but there's one stat about the Panthers. And he's in the world is James Harden better score than Michael Jordan. No, he's a more creative in that. He's, Traveling he, is not creative, he Brandon. Does, he <laughs> you know, no matter what the score is, and they've said it themselves, whether they're up 10, down 10, down 20, whatever, they know they can turn it on whenever. Why did you have to bring up the Cowboys? Right? <laughs> this conversation. Lived in Texas for two years and just could not stand to watch Cowboys for life. <laughs> Welcome to the Rundown. Here's Desmond Johnson. And happy wet Saturday morning triad. Desmond Johnson here with you. The Rundown with Desmond Johnson live every Saturday morning on WWBG 1470 AM, radio.com. You can watch us on Facebook. Watch on the Tobacco Road Sports Radio YouTube channel on Twitter uh, underneath my LinkedIn uh, on Twitter, it's actually at Tobacco Radio, so you can actually go there and comment on what you're watching us talk about in real time, and we'll respond to it back in real time, and that'll come in handy a little bit later on here in the first hour. Loaded show, Hot Rod Funderburk in the house, WFMY News 2's Jalen Gilkey in the house, Frankly Speaking Sports, Larry Frank in the house for the first hour. For uh, hour number two, we've got a Believe Hour, basically Believe in Arizona Cardinals uh, host J- uh, Ed Smith former NFL tight end will be on to help preview Panthers versus Cardinals. Believe in Charlotte Hornets host Sam Dracula will be on. Uh, the, Horn- the Charlotte Hornets started their training camp this week. We'll uh, kick it with him, get some of the biggest questions answered about the Hornets. And Ryan Frick from Tap Out and Touchdowns uh, podcast. It's on Tobacco Road throughout the weekdays, as well as Michael Davis, the host of Out of Pocket with Michael Davis, uh, that's currently airing on Fridays on Tobacco Road Sports Radio's TGI Friday lineup. They'll be on uh, at the end of hour number two to talk a little uh, pro wrestling, NF, uh, excuse me, NFL and WWE storylines. Guys, what's going on? I didn't know what was going to be happening this morning weather-wise. I, as I kept looking at the radar, it looked like it was going to be right over top of my house, <laughs> like right as we were going to start this show. But 
apparently uh, the remnants of Hurricane Inn have blown through the triad. Uh, I know Rod's going to be heading out to this uh, North Carolina-Virginia Tech matchup. It's going to be a little bit later on the day at 3.30. Um, we're going to get in some college football matchups. There's some good ACC matchups today. We'll get you ready for those as well. Um, and something that I wanted to talk about that we we actually saw Thursday night, uh, three of us, uh, Jalen actually left right before it went down, but uh, Rod and myself were actually calling a high school football game, the WTOB high school football game of the week, uh, Mount Tabor uh, versus East Forsyth out at Mount Tabor. And uh, some uh, crowd fighting began to happen at the end of the game. And this has become more prevalent, not just here, but really all over the country. I, I see it all the time on Twitter where um, people are just kind of, you know, fighting. Par parents in the stands are fighting. We've seen a lot of it over the past year and a half. I wanted to touch on that. We're going to get in that in segment two. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about what can be done because Tabor did everything in their power. And actually, I applaud Mount Tabor for having the the – uh what's the word i'm looking for the wherewithal to i didn't think about it when i was walking in but there was a like a military presence there thursday night like there was way more sheriffs than, than there normally is for a high school football game and i was complaining to rod that i had to go through the metal detectors and normally i don't have to go through them when i'm carrying radio equipment and they made me turn around and wait in line to go through the detectors with everybody else and there had to be at least 10 or 12 sheriffs on site you know when we started the game and it just never crossed my mind why until everything started popping off in the fourth so We'll get into that. Uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about maybe possible solutions if there are any, and um, we'll go there. But first, let's start NFL. NFL, three biggest games of the week. Uh, we'll get to Kansas City, Tampa Bay. It's going to be the Sunday nightcap at 820 uh, on NBC in a bit. I want to start off with Buff uh, Buffalo versus Baltimore. Um, this is a spicy one. 1 p.m. CBS. I'll probably start off my Sunday here. Uh, the Panthers are playing a, a 4 o'clock game against the Cardinals after that. Uh, both teams two and one. Buffalo pretty much has been the cream of the crop of the <clears throat> excuse me of the NFL the first three weeks of the uh, year until last week when they uh, they lost. And then Baltimore, Lamar Jackson's out here just doing video game stuff. Give me a read on what you are thinking about this game, Buffalo and Baltimore. Basically, who would you rather have at this point, Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson? Um, all right, let's start with you. Who would you rather have right now at this moment, Lamar Jackson or or uh, Josh Allen. Yeah, I mean, both of those guys are great quarterbacks. Dez. They both lost to the Miami Dolphins, amazingly. You know, you you never think coming into the season that, you know, these two top teams, when they had a loss, will have a loss to the Miami Dolphins. But, hey, man, that's why you line up, play the game, get between the lines. Uh, you know, Josh Allen, great quarterback. He can scramble. He can read and do his thing. He can pass. He's got great receivers. Um, I like Josh Allen, man, and he's come on much stronger than I thought he would come on. You know, I thought maybe there was too much hype around Josh Allen. So there's nothing that you can take away from Josh Allen. But if I had to pick a quarterback between Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, you got to give me Lamar come Jackson, on man. Yeah, Lamar Jackson, <laughs> he just, I mean, Lamar Jackson, he's showtime. He's box office, man. And and what I like even more about him, I don't agree with him playing without a, uh, a solid contract right now. Uh, but I do like him betting on himself. I do like him saying, okay, franchise, you may have had some issues saying, yeah, we like you, Lamar Jackson. We love your legs, but we're not sure about your presence in the pocket. He's showing this season right now that his presence in the pocket is big time. You know, there's nobody performing like Lamar Jackson right now. And Lamar Jackson, he's hitting his receivers on target. And then, and then he's even being smart about his runs. He's getting down when he needs to. He's sliding when he needs to. Uh, I mean, wow, where would the Baltimore Ravens be 
without Lamar Jackson. And the only problem I have with the Baltimore Ravens right now is I would love to see that defensive secondary stiffen up just a little bit um, and, and maybe even a couple of spots up front on the line, defensive line. Other than that, I mean, Lamar Jackson looks great. He's an MVP candidate in my opinion right now. Uh, if I was giving out the MVP right now, I would definitely give it to Lamar Jackson for two reasons. Number one, we have, we, there's nobody in the NFL running with the legs that he has. There's no one who has improved, who has those type of legs and improved in the pocket like he has. And then the number two reason that I would give it to him is because Baltimore paid this man his money, period. They're going to end up paying double what they thought they were going to end up paying this dude. He's going to end up getting about $320 million when this is all said and done, probably. Uh, I'm going to save Jalen because I already know where he's going to go with this answer. <laughs> Larry, who would you rather have right now, week four of the NFL season, Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson? Like Rod said, that's a tough one. I mean, yes, I know everything Lamar Jackson brings to the table, but Lamar Jackson is the team. I mean, he's basically the team there in Baltimore. Whether it's running the football or passing the football, it's um, Lamar Jackson. But at the end of the day, I look at Josh Allen as well. He's He can run with the ball just as well. We both know it. He runs with the ball. But he's thrown for over 300 more yards so far this season. They both thrown for, I think, I think it's a one differential in the touchdowns. I mean, this is really, guys, when you say a toss-up. My fear about Lamar Jackson, if I was to take Lamar Jackson, I believe he has a higher risk of getting hurt than Josh Allen because of the way Lamar plays the game. And that would scare me as a, uh, you know, as a GM or an owner. You know, when you're talking that kind of money, you're going to pay to a guy who is really risking getting hurt. So, it's a toss-up. I would, and you know, I know I'm not going to go with the favorite here, but I would take Josh Allen because Josh Allen keeps winning. He keeps winning. And if we're talking about, you know, the all-time greats and these players, well, you got to take winning as part of that equation. So it's a toss-up right now, but my fear would be Lamar Jackson getting hurt, for, you know, um, the way he plays the game. And now it's getting, I mean, we saw what happened at Tua, you know, unfortunately Thursday night. And, you know, I would not you'd be surprised if Baltimore would try risking that man's health because he is the entire team. It just scares me. I would take Josh Allen. You know, it's a it's an interesting proposition there, uh, and especially touching on Tua. Tua shouldn't have been on the field. Uh, no I mean, way. He really had a concussion Sunday. He never even entered protocol, and they're on a short week. They're playing four days later on a Thursday, and he's out there. Uh, I get it. Miami's, like, hot right now. Everybody's talking about him. They're not used to it, but they probably should have not. Uh, well, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. but I, honestly, if he had played that game and not got hurt, none of us would talk about it and that's the sad part of the whole thing if he had made it through that game without injury we wouldn't have given it a second thought at all but the fact that he didn't make it through that uh that game and had to get carted off brings it up to focus um but it's not worth risking a guy's health like that forget about football. No, no, this is more important than football you took a guy that had potentially you could have killed that guy i mean you actually with the head when you're talking about the brain and you guys all know that you're not talking about a leg that can heal and an arm that can heal you're talking about the brain, and I'll tell you what. I, I mean, one of the scariest things, when he put his fingers up there, I yeah. mean, he just knew something wasn't right. And it just goes to show you, and I know there'll be people that disagree with me, is these owners, these general managers, these coaches, 
care more about winning football than they do about the health of their players. Definitely. That's without right. that's go that's without being said, Larry. I mean, they can say whatever they want. Yep. They claim that they go and get these outside neurologists. Well, who in the world did not say, hey, this dude just fell back down on Sunday after he got up? That's not a back injury. And and when you get up, listen, I play ball, you get concussions, you shake your head. That's exactly what he did. He shook his mm-hmm. head, then he went down. A player is going to lie to you for two reasons. Number one, a player doesn't want to let his team down. And when it comes to the NFL, a player is going to say, hey, I'm okay, because you want to know why he don't want to get that tag as I'm unhealthy and I can't get my bag of money at the end of the season when it's time to to redo it. So, so man. Already wears that label. Yeah, so exactly. Like Jalen said, he already wears that label. So at the end of the day, these NFL teams – have to put people in place to save the players from themselves. Other than that, it's just like you said, Larry. They do not care about the players themselves. Put the next guy in. Let's keep going. Let's just win the game, period. They don't care about them. Trust me. And, Rod, you were, an athlete. you were an athlete. If you got hurt, isn't your first indication a tough athlete's going to say, Coach, put me in. I'm fine. I'm fine. Even when they're not fine, it's just a thing. As an athlete, I played baseball. You played basketball. You know that, hey, if as any chance, and you know what? Remember the word cobwebs we, we used to call them? That's exactly what he had when he went like this, like you said, mm-hmm. on Sunday. There was no – I was so surprised that he came back. It was incredible. Larry, I, Larry, I played football, man, and I remember – I never forget it. I took a hit. I could not even see, but I didn't come off the field. I was out there on the ground right. saying, I lost my contacts. I lost my contacts. Hell, I didn't even wear contacts. You know what I'm saying? So you got Lost to eyeballs. save yeah. us from each other. I just oh, was trying man. to buy time so I could get my vision back. I couldn't even see. And I yeah. didn't even come out of the game on that. But American. even adrenaline is going to get the adrenaline. When I hurt my groin, which was I tore it up. I hit first base, flipped over, trying to beat out a base hit. Oh, by the way, I was safe. I just want to let you guys all know that. <laughs> but um, And the groin. On the field, I could play, Rod. I could play. It was the adrenaline of the game. But as soon as I came off that field, it sounds like someone just ripped my groin out. It was mm. terrible. Guys, let me swing it back over to the uh, to the games here. Uh, we never got Jalen's take on Josh Allen versus uh, Lamar Jackson. Uh, real quick, Jalen, what? Well, I already know what you're going to say. But Jalen's go going with Josh Allen. Yeah, I got a lot of re- I got a lot of respect and a lot of love for Josh Allen for what he's doing. Uh, he almost lost me that first playoff game in Houston when he just was running, had the 25 yard game, and just was like, "All right, I'm gonna just fumble the ball." He just threw it to nobody. But he came back and won. But he that came game. back and won the game. And then his career has significantly turned around from that point. Larry, I got a couple of points I need to counter with you. You said all Josh Allen does is win. Well, his career record, 39 and 22. Lamar Jackson's career record, 43 and 18. Now, How many playoff games has he won? One, and Josh Allen has won two. So, so Josh Allen has one more. Yeah, so there we go. I just, there, there, there. I just want to just clear things up a little bit. That, the perception's everything when it comes Perception to this. is everything. And you yeah. say he's got 33, 300 more yards. That is very true. Did they come out at the same time in the draft? Yeah, same same class. Same 2018 class. Allen was actually picked uh, yeah. early, uh, top yeah. 10. Because Lamar uh, was 32 Lamar and Josh Allen was maybe nine, eight or yeah. nine. Because I actually wanted the Panthers to draft Lamar Jackson. They drafted DJ Moore instead. Yeah. Uh, first five, first the, what, the five quarterbacks that draft: Baker, Mayfield, Sam, mm-hmm. 
Darnold, Both Josh Allen, <laughs> Mitchell Trubisky. Trubisky. No wait, Trubisky. And Lamar Jackson. Yeah, yeah. they traded. Hey, the Panthers have the top two. <laughs> And they ain't neither one working. And and, and they're both they both lead the league in interceptions since that day. Since uh since when they were when they were drafted. But yeah, man, Lamar Jackson is just he he's a physical specimen. He's a one of one. And whenever you have the opportunity to have a guy that can be the only one to do what he does, I feel like you gotta go with him. Uh, but I would I, I would take Josh Allen too. I'll be I don't think you lose either way. Either, either way, Allen, you, I don't think you can. They yeah. run. Then they they both have that running element. They run in a different style. Yeah, yeah. And I think Allen's that's a little bit more concerning. I think it's a little bit more concerning to watch Josh Allen run than uh-huh. watching Lamar Jackson run, in my opinion. Just I because it Allen, reminds me so much of Cam Newton. Allen, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think Allen's gonna have a longer career because of that. Because he's in what we call Panthers North. Half of the Bills organization are former Panthers uh, GMs or coaches or players. Like it feels so like you half think a guy that that runs. Like, you think the guy that is more physical as a runner is going to last longer instead of the guy that gets down pretty much every play? Because I think he has the ability to actually become a pocket passer more than uh, Lamar Jackson, from what I've seen. Now, Lamar's gotten way better as a passer uh, since he's gotten into the league, but Josh Allen kind of feels like he's running now because he has the ability to, but he doesn't necessarily have to. He's got the arm and the accuracy like right now. Uh, Lamar's still kind of working on that. And I'm not saying he can't get there. Like Lamar's doing stuff I've never really seen before. He's almost like a cross between RG3 and Cam Newton. If you could have like put those together and put it in RG3's body, it's kind of Lamar Jackson where Lamar kind of knows to get down. He knows to get out of bounds. He doesn't take a whole lot of chances. He's not going to lower his shoulder, uh, but he's a threat to run. Josh Allen's the same way, but Josh Allen will lower his shoulder, a la Cam Newton. He'll 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 give up his body for an extra couple of yards. I think I prefer my quarterback to get down every time. Yeah, yeah Allen's got to start getting down, or they got to get him a running back. Like they got to go get him a running back because right now that's really to me that's really Buffalo's only weakness. They don't really have a bellwether like a bell cow running back where he can and just no, turn around. And there are not two quarterbacks in the league right now that are responsible for more offense. Maybe Tom Brady. Brady. No, 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 no. Lamar Jackson accounts for eighty nine percent of the Baltimore Ravens offense. Well, he is Josh, like running the ball. And Josh yeah. Allen he accounts for seventy nine percent of Buffalo's total offense. So I'm a, I, I'm it, a, it, it's a toss up. It doesn't really make a difference, but it just depends on what you like to see. Uh, uh, Scott Christina watching us on LinkedIn. He's just here to let us know how uh, or tell us how great the Eagles are for us to tell him. Uh, it is one of the games I have listed here: Philly versus Jacksonville. Um, Jacksonville surprising some folks. They uh. They beat last week. I can't remember who it was, but it was pretty thorough. Philly out here looking like the most complete team in the NFL. Um, are you they buying? Are. are you buying Philly being the best team in the NFL right now, or do you think it's all smoke and mirrors? No, I, I'm with I, it. I, I haven't watched them. I, I, but the only the only thing that's concerned me so far about Philly is the competition that they've played. Um, right. First, what, they played Detroit the first week. And they played hey, like Minnesota team, and Washington. Then they played Philly. I mean, yeah, then they played Minnesota. Then they played Washington. Now, they looked really good against Minnesota, but it was Kirk Cousins in primetime, 8 o'clock. So <laughs> we know how that goes, and it went exactly how we anticipated it to go. Uh, Does Kirk Cousins Smith. still have that thing where, like, he's, like, uh, he's no, never he, beaten a team that's over 500 or something like that in the regular season? I don't know, but I know he has won a couple primetime games. I think he won two last year, but – Two and 30-something or whatever his record is, I'll take the 30-something every time. 
I'm looking uh, at the, uh, uh, the Jaguars beat the Chargers last week, if I'm That's not mistaken. Right. I think yeah. the Chargers um, are the most overrated team in all of football. Yeah. I think the Chargers are overrated. I think a lot of people put a lot of weight on what they did in the offseason, but it hadn't translated. That that division isn't as strong as everybody expected it to be, the AFC West. It's basically Kansas City, and then you've got uh, the, the, the Raiders are up and down. The Raiders uh, ain't won. No, the Raiders are down. Yeah, Raiders are down. completely the defeated. Down. The Broncos don't know what kind of offense they want to run, even though they just gave their quarterback two hundred and thirty million dollars. Uh, but they the best Chargers players, they run it back. Yeah. So I mean, I, that division's a little. Eh. But I'm I'm looking at the Eagles' schedule. If they get past this Jacksonville game, which is weird to say, if they get past Jacksonville, I'm trying to see when they're going to lose because they <laughs> they they play exactly. the Cardinals, uh, yeah. the Cowboys, Steelers, Texans, Commanders, Colts. Packers November 27th. So they might be like undefeated all the way to Thanksgiving. Like all defeated all the way until Thanksgiving. Yeah. I mean, if everything, if their health and everything, I like Jalen Hurts. I like Jalen Hurts coming out of I love uh, Jalen Hurts. Out of the draft. I wanted him too. <laughs> they got him in the second round. Uh the the rumor was that the, the Patriots wanted to get Jalen Hurts, uh, but the Eagles swooped in and got him right like a pick before. Uh and now Castillo, I'll tell you this. Really Eagles fan. Jalen compared to Lamar. <laughs> That's another toss I, up. Mm. I would I would say right now, I would still have to go. I'm with still going Lamar, go with Lamar just he's because Jalen. I don't know if Jalen's ceiling is the same as Lamar's. Like Lamar's ceiling is like one of one. We've never seen this before. Yeah, like this is different. Jalen is just like Jalen is a coach's son, and you can tell when and he's he, on the field. He t- I was just about to say yeah. that this. Yeah, he he just he knows how to read defenses. He's calm. He knows how to get his team in the hu- like all the little things you want your quarterback to do. Like an extension of the quote of the coach. That's what Jalen does. That's what I liked about him. Always uh, composed. Yeah, always composed. Knows when to run. Knows to get down. Pretty accurate. Uh, and he worked on it in the offseason. I, I don't want to say I like Philly though, because I hate the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> so I don't want to say be like I like the Eagles. I like what they've done. No, I really and don't. This, <laughs> I really and you know how you were saying that New England wanted Jalen Hurts. I feel like he would have been the perfect guy. Just, just because he transitioned into Jalen Hurts, I mean, he he'd have been he'd have been, been Bill Belichick two point oh. Like, mm-hmm. I think Josh because Mayo he already he already has that persona. You know, is it's the team, it's us. We keep everything in house. Like, I saw this thing on social media. You know how all the teams are now doing the things. They're asking the guys the questions either before they go to practice or after they come back from practice, right? So the Eagles had one. They posted it, and the question was, "Who smells the worst after practice?" They ask Jalen Hurts. He comes up, and he's like, "Wow, this is kind of a you know interesting question, right?" He goes, "I have an answer, but out of respect for this guy, I, I'm not going to say it." <laughs> and that is the perfect response from a quarterback, right? Well, the center. That's probably it's probably the center. It's Somebody the perfect response because it's always, <laughs> yeah, I know the business. I understand what's going on, but we got to keep that in house because this is well, us versus the world at all times. Yeah. Let me tell you guys this. Don't underestimate the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, that's how Philadelphia could lose, by underestimating the Jacksonville Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence is having a terrific year. They got Kirk, the receiver, Christian Kirk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unbelievable. And also James Robinson, the running back, has been playing real well. This is a very similar team. Maybe not at the quarterback position, but it's a very similar team. They've been winning the last couple of games with great, great defense i mean let me see if i have it here last three games uh two games they beat the chargers the jaguars 38 to 10 and they beat the colts 24 to nothing 
10 points on defense. So we may say now they're not the greatest teams, but they were considered possible playoff teams before the season started. I'm not saying that Jacksonville is better than the Eagles, but if there's a letdown, this Jacksonville Jaguars team could, it is, I think, a bigger win for Jacksonville to win this weekend than it would be for Philadelphia to win this weekend. Real and quick, it's a, uh, it's a Doug Peterson revenge game, too. Yeah, yep, that's right. Real quick, uh, let me get over to the night game uh, Sunday night. Kansas City, Tampa Bay, both teams two and one, but kind of moving in opposite directions. Kansas City maybe got exposed a little bit last week. Um, Tampa Bay is the weirdest two and one team I've ever seen because they, they have haven't scored. They haven't scored twenty points in any game. Uh, Tom Brady looks like he's totally regretting this entire thing of coming back. Um, Rod, should Tom Brady have just stayed retired? I mean, I think Tom Brady should have talked it over with his wife a little bit better than what he did. I mean, I his, his all of his issues. Too much. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, all of his issues are coming from home. Period. He has no support from his wife right now. She and was he's feeling it. Uh, she was not there uh, Sunday. Uh, the kids were there, but she was right, uh, right, right. And, he's and normally she's there for every game, so it's a little. And he's he's feeling that because all the time in the past, you know, she's like, "Go ahead, go ahead until it's your time, and when your time is over, then that's it." Well, she thought his time was over, and that was going to be it. And you know what? When a, when your wife checks out on you, like Tom Brady feels his wife check has checked out on him. I mean, his mind is probably all over the place in that yep. game, in any game. And when your mind is all over the place as a quarterback, your production is not going to be the same. When in the world have we seen Tom Brady score only three touchdown passes in three games? When? And he no one. There's no, who, who are his receivers? Uh, Chris Godwin is in and out. Uh, Godwin's been out. Uh, he out there with Evans Cole Beasley. Been in and out. Yeah, Evans Cole will be back this weekend. Cole Beasley last week. Perriman like, and Gage have been the two main receivers now. And on then that game. Evans served the one game suspension for the the fight right. against the Saints or whatever. So uh, no Gronk. Doesn't like Gronk's going to come out. Everyone just assumed Gronk would just come back week ten or something and and keep playing. It looks like Gronk is done. Like he's lost the NFL weight. Like he you know is enjoying his post NFL life, which he should. The man had so many surgeries on his legs and everything else that. He's got ring. He's got what, like four rings. He doesn't, he doesn't need to. Yeah, come I back. think that last lung injury he had was the one, or real yeah. or something like that. He said that was the one because so he, he you know he couldn't breathe. Plus, and plus, like I said, Tom Brady. This is the part I still don't understand. We bring it up every time we bring him up. He had just signed a three hundred million dollar deal with Fox to to broadcast games. I get it. You want to play, but dude, there's nothing left for you to do. You've won seven Super Bowls. No one's ever going to do that. Look, yes, <laughs> like, never get again. In. You want him out the NFC South. I want him gone. Tom, Br- him Tim, gone. Tom Brady ain't worried Why? about you, son. He, he want to keep be, winning football he games. Be worried about he need to be worried about you. Me, you the Tom Anthony Brady whisper talk about some <laughs> talk about some he regretted coming back. How you know? Look at him. Look at him at the podium. He don't look excited to be here. He don't look. Happy I mean, I think team. he's. I think he wants to be playing football. The Absolutely. issue is he doesn't have the support from his you wife. That's the only the issue. That's if what he, it is. No, that's you not it. Play, I'm you telling go you, play Miami. It doesn't matter who he played for. If his wife was in his corner, this dude would be happy and rocking and rolling. The issue is the home life is not happy. What's the old saying? Happy wife, yeah, happy, happy life. life. Well, his it's wife true. is not happy right now, and neither is he. Well, Panther fans are going to be happy because if uh, Kansas City does what they're supposed to do and beat Tampa, the NFC South is wide open. That and, means uh, if the Panthers it, win, is that what the Panthers is that what the Panthers supposed to do, Des? What? Root is that what our, the Panthers uh, are supposed to do? <laughs> no, 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 brother. We're not going to breeze past that. What? <laughs> Didn't you just say if the Panthers do what they're supposed to do and beat Tampa, 
No, 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 no. Just said, said, no, I said if uh, Kansas City does what they're supposed okay, to do. Okay, okay. That's what I have to say, brother. Hold yeah. on now. The Pan- no, Panthers got the Cardinals, and the Panthers oh. have won the past six games against the Cardinals. They, I feel, I feel okay. Kyler Murray gets flustered with the Panther defense. It's at Bank of America Stadium. I feel like Carolina missed an opportunity the first two weeks of the year to really start off well because uh, the, the first game was both at those home. Games, both those they games were both winnable. They, they've lost, so they've lost the two games they've lost. They lost by a combined five points, and it was off of two late fourth quarter field goals one of them was a 58 yarder as time expired so it's like i can't be too upset with what i'm seeing so far i know people are talking about baker mayfield and offense and everything else they finally kind of figured out what to do last week hey we've got one of the best players in the league and christian mccaffrey why don't we hand it to him (laughs) and then when we do it a bunch of times in the beginning so we can kind of get the the line going and then you know work off of that i noticed they took the rpo completely out of the offense after dan rolofsky kind of blew it up on espn last week uh, we talked about that on the Believe in Panther Pack podcast, and then uh, Matt Rule comes out. Oh well, you know, an RPO, you can run it, you can pass it, you can do that. Well, yeah, you can do that, Matt Rule. I mean, we know that already, but you're already it's in the name. Run it's pass the name. option. Don't tell us stuff we already know. And then of course he's like, well, he didn't really explain anything in terms of uh, us giving away plays. Then just mysteriously, the RPO is completely out of the package two days later. Like they don't even run it at all. So to me, I'm like, okay, I think Dan Orlovsky actually hit it. Like. He literally hit what they were doing in the RPO, and they didn't realize that they were telling their their calls. So they took the whole package out. Matt Rue better be happy. Better. Matt Rue better be happy. Dan Olowski blew him up because guaranteed the whole NFL already knew. Yeah, yeah, everybody so, else apparently knew. I mean, some of those plays he showed on that that recap. There's dudes in the backfield as he's handing the ball off to me. It's, we see it in high school football all the time, Ron. <laughs> where like we can tell if the player on defense knows where the ball is going. The defenses knew where the ball was going. They didn't run it at all last week. Ended up winning the game. Of course, Christian McCaffrey's on the injury report, so we'll see if he's going to play uh, Sunday or not. Uh, what a tale of two stories here. Think about it if you're a sports writer, sportscaster like we all are, and you're looking for a story. The first story is if the Carolina Panthers win and Tampa Bay loses, the Panthers are in first place in the division. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Matt the Rule other side of it day. is if Matt Rule loses to the Cardinals, Ben McAdoo is the head coach next week. So, and it will happen. What did I say, Des? Game four, after game four, if they don't have a winning record, what did I say? Somebody will be taken over. I didn't say it would be Ben McAdoo, but that's probably the choice that it will be. I think the players would like Steve Wilkes and McAdoo. I think Steve Wilkes would be the guy that the players would want. uh, Already a head coach. This is the yeah. this is the Steve Wilkes revenge game. Uh, they're playing the Cardinals Sunday, and I don't know what. Well, we know why, but he got fired why. after one year uh, as head coach. There didn't get after a chance. They took really Josh Rosen, yeah, top ten too at that. Picked him, put him to the side too. He he, he was in that draft. He was in that draft eighteen. See, and he's not. I don't even think he's in the league right now. He might be a backup somewhere. But uh, Wilkes had, was our defensive coordinator here under Rivera. Uh, the last good year of Cam Newton and the Panthers twenty seventeen. Rode that head coaching at uh, the cards. They dropped him after a year for Cliff Kingsbury. They dropped Rosen for Kyler Murray the very next year as well. Uh, cards coming in here at four o'clock. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit about that in the second hour with Ed Smith uh, from the Believe in Cardinals podcast from the Believe Podcast Network. Let me take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we'll do high school football uh, scoreboard update. We'll get into the, the topic I was talking about before with the, the high school fights that have been going on at these uh, facilities, not just here in the tribe, but all over the country. See if there's something that can be done regarding that. Um, and, uh, the ESPN top 10, 
We'll get into that as well. Uh, they dropped their top 10 players for the 2022-23 season. We'll see if they got it right or wrong. You're listening and watching the rundown here on TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com, WWBG, 1470 AM. You're listening to The Rundown with Desmond Johnson. Franchise players. Welcome back. Sports Channel 8, Ben Wayne. How you doing, man? I love that you guys are doing what you're doing. I love that we're doing what we're doing because the local sports fan is really underserved in, uh, in, in sports radio here in, in North Carolina. Being able to, Monday morning after the New Carolina game, being able to listen to local guys talk about the local game. Franchise players every Friday afternoon at 5 p.m. on TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com and at 6 p.m. on WCOG 1320 a.m. and WTOB 988. One stop number six, located just one mile west of East Forsyth at 2748 West Mountain Street, Kernersville. A proud supporter of East Forsyth since 1983, serving fresh fried chicken and our famous taters seven days a week from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. For a limited time, grab our Wife Saver family meal for only $13.99. Eight pieces of chicken and sides for four for just $13.99. One stop. Come see us at 2748 West Mountain Street in Kernersville. Hey, Panther fans, right now on the SiriusXM app, hear the most in-depth Carolina Panthers coverage anywhere with Believe in Carolina Panthers, part of the Believe Podcast Network on SiriusXM. Hear from me, Desmond Johnson, and my co-host, Skylar Callahan from Sports Illustrated, and Panther great Jonathan Stewart as we break down the Panthers before and after every game through the NFL season. Your team, your podcast. Search B-L-E-A-V in Carolina Panthers on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you believe? It's game time. Brother Cluckers has you covered. Check out the Clucking Football Feeding Frenzy for five deals. 25 fried chicken tenders, two jumbo sides, and one gallon of sweet or unsweetened tea for only $39.99. Special only valid via online ordering. Just visit brother-cluckers.com to place your order and enjoy the games. Brother Cluckers, located in front of the Food Line Shopping Center at 1547 Union Cross Road in Kernersville. Brother Cluckers. Hi, I'm Sabrina Kuhn Godfrey. Hi, I'm Deanna Kaplan. Hi, I am Richard Watts. The Common Sense Choice for Winston-Salem Forsyth County School Board. It would be our honor to serve you. Make your voice heard by voting for Deanna, Richard, Sabrina, and and Common Sense. We need your support. Early voting starts October 20th. Paid for by Sabrina Kuhn Godfrey for BOE, Deanna Kaplan for School Board, Richard Watts at Large School Board. For the best sports talk in the triad. Can't touch this. The best interviews with coaches and players. Can't touch this. Your home for live triad sports. Can't touch this. And now it's TGI Friday. Welcome to Out of Pocket with Michael Davis. Happy Friday. You're in the huddle with franchise players. So welcome to a Friday afternoon edition of the score. Tobacco Rogues TGI Friday Sports Lineup. 4 p.m. WWBG 1470 AM every Friday afternoon. Back to the rundown with Desmond Johnson. Welcome back into the rundown here. WWBG 1470 AM and TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. Feel free to ask us any questions or give us your hot takes on what you're seeing right now. Uh, this Saturday morning, October the 1st, fall officially here. 
Uh, you can track us on tobacco at Tobacco Radio on Twitter or go to the YouTube channel, Tobacco Road Sports Radio uh, on YouTube. We're going to go all the way to the top of the hour with this segment. I'm going to merge these two together, give you guys some uh, – all the high school games got moved to Thursday uh, evening to avoid Hurricane Inn. Uh, some scores from Thursday um, evening. Southern Guilford defeats Atkins 44 to 14. Andrews over North Forsyth 32 to 28. We'll uh, circle back to that game here in just a bit that happened out in Northern uh, Winston-Salem. Southwest Guilford uh, upsets Northern Guilford 48 to 14. That's a bit of an eye opener there. Uh, Page falls to Northwest Guilford 48 to 34. Reagan gets back on the winning side. 41-21 is her score there over Davey. Oak Grove big over Ashboro, 52-7. Grimsley big over Western Guilford, 53-7. Grimsley's actually the number two seed RPI-wise in the 4A Western region. we got to keep an eye on that. East Forsyth is currently the number one seed, which means they'd have home field throughout the playoffs. Grimsley is the two seed. And if you're from this area, you know how big of a rivalry East Forsyth and Grimsley is. Everything holds pat. We might get a rematch of East Forsyth Grimsley Western region final that we got in 2019, an epic game that me and Rod called uh, that East Forsyth won off of a missed two-point conversion at the end by Grimsley. It was an instant classic. So maybe we get a repeat of that if everything holds uh, court. North Davidson over Montgomery Central, 45-7. to Thomasville defeats West Davidson, 32-10. to Southeast Guilford over Ragsdale, 32-7. to um, West Stokes over Moorhead, 28-14. Dudley Big over Smith in that rivalry game, 45 to 0 was your score there. Uh, Forbush and North Surrey in a tight one, 42 41. Forbush is victorious. You've got East Forsyth defeating Mount Tabor, 31 to 13. That was our WTOB high school football game of the week. Me and Rod were out at Bob Sapp Field. Uh, West Forsyth defeats Glenn, 28 21. West Forsyth has now won two straight and are two and two in conference play, if I'm not mistaken, now along with Glenn. So things started to tighten up in the CPC. West for uh, RJ Reynolds defeats Parkland 39 to six. Um, I wanted to get into real quick. I talked about at the top of the show, uh, circling back around to uh, that Mount Tabor East for Scythe game that we were at Friday night. I'm actually surprised too. And Jalen, maybe you could speak on this because I noticed this and I mentioned it to my wife last night. Uh, if you don't know, uh, some fights broke out. Uh, at the end of the game at Mount Tabor. And I had learned some stuff uh, online, uh, Rod, after I left. Uh, a couple of East Forsyth teachers had messaged me as I was waiting in the parking lot because I was stuck in the parking lot for 30 minutes before I could get out of there. Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently there was something on social media or something the day before uh, that had kind of gone around at Tabor or something. So there was an inkling that something might happen. Remember how we mentioned on the, the broadcast, the start of the fourth quarter, that everybody was leaving? Like right. I think why they all were leaving at the start of the fourth. They were trying to leave before the end of the game because apparently something was going to happen at the end of the game. And with about three minutes and 40 seconds to go in the fourth, uh, fights started breaking out over on the concession stand, but still within the stadium. Uh, pepper spray had to be used by the police. I went back and listened to our call last night. We repeated it in high school football rewind. I, I repeated that game um, and listened to us discussing because i wanted to hear what we were saying like in in the moment i didn't know you know how it was going to sound but uh i had a couple assistant coaches message us and or message me and say that they thought we handled it with class uh considering we were in the middle of it and didn't know what was going on this is the second time in two years that i've been online or live on air on a local area radio station and something has broken out at the end of a football game and i cannot remember that happening prior to that me being 44, being in high school in the area, reporting on it in the area, calling games in the area. I don't remember it being like this, like where it's gotten to at this point where 
uh, the younger kids just seem more affected by what happened over the past two years with COVID and missing a year and a half of school, being at home on Zoom, that kind of thing, uh, kind of checked out. And I feel like it's the the eighth grade, ninth grade, tenth grade that that age group, that fourteen to sixteen year old, that, that I think that was the majority of the kids that were fighting. Friday or Thursday night uh, over there and shout out to Mount Tabor. Mount Tabor did a fantastic job with security. Um, they got wind of, you know, something might occur. They had metal detectors all over the place. Uh, there was a, it felt like a military presence at Tabor in terms of the amount of sheriffs that were there. And as soon as something started popping off from our vantage point, from where we could see the top of the balcony, where we were calling the game, we could see sheriff's cars just pouring in like they were nearby. So like they, they had to be within two, three minutes away. So they were prepared and it could have been way worse than what it ended up being. Uh, but just I want to get you guys' thoughts on this real quick because I woke up this morning and realized, well, I actually have a tried platform that we can actually sit here and discuss this and figure out what do we think the causes are, what do you think the solutions are, because uh, I don't think it's going to stop anytime soon. And I don't look at Mount Tabor as one of these schools where it's in a bad neighborhood, it's got a bad reputation, this kind of thing. But it feels like it's starting to build unfairly towards them because of this, and it's because of the actions of a few instead of, the school as a whole. So, um, Rod, you were there for the actual stuff that went down. Uh, and they ended up calling the game. My understanding, I think officially East Forsyth will be listed with the win. They were up 33, 31 to 13 with three minutes to go. Tabor wasn't going to score 18 points or whatever on this East team in, in three minutes. And it looked like at the, at the end, at the half, uh, at the 50 yard line, they decided to call the game. I would assume they'll do it the same way the Dudley Durham Hillside game ended where after a few days the state gave the win to Dudley or to Durham Hillside Dudley wasn't happy about it they wanted to play it but that game was much closer too uh Rod what are your thoughts on this do you think this is something that is a fad and it'll just pass or do you think this is something that we really need to address and figure out some sort of I don't know what the solution is so uh what are your thoughts on this yeah I don't think that this is a fad or anything like that I think it's probably going to continue uh, to be honest with you, man, I'm an old school type cat. The solution comes from home, man. You can't, you you know, you have to have fear from your parents at home. You have to have more fear from your parents of getting in trouble out there than anything else. And that's something that this younger generation does not have. Why? In my opinion, and I could be dead wrong. You know, some of these parents are still partying and hanging out with their kids. Uh, a lot of these parents are still taken up for their kids when it comes to things being and going on in school and in the classroom. You know, a teacher is supposed to be in charge of her classroom, but yet I know parents will say, well, my son said this or my daughter said that, as if your kids won't tell the truth inside of a classroom. A teacher has no reason to lie on your kid. A teacher has no reason, you know, not to uh, inform or discipline your kid the right way. And I tell you what, man, these, these parents are so sensitive. They let their kids get away with everything. They think their kids can do no wrong. And I know I was a kid, all you guys were kids. We used to try to get away with everything that we could, you know what I mean? But guess we what? Got away with our, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> our parents had enough sense to know, uh-uh, no. We know that you're a kid, we know how it goes, but it's not like that anymore. There's no discipline with the majority. I'm not saying all of the kids, but the ones who are getting in trouble seem to be the ones that really have no pure discipline or no family or no structure at home. And to me, that's the issue, because if you don't have structure and fear at home, what are you going to fear when you go out to a public area? What are you going to fear when you go out to a game? What are you going to fear when you think someone has done you wrong and you want to go up to them and fight them? 
I remember we had so much fear in school when we were coming up. If you had somebody you wanted to fight, you say, hey, we're going to get together at the back of this neighborhood over here and we're going to fight. It ain't happening in school. It's not happening in public because we knew that our parents had the last say and we did not want to deal with them. So we structured it so that when we did things like that and fighting, it wasn't going to be in the public area uh, the way that it is now, man. So I don't think it's going to stop until parents somehow get involved and take back control of how they raise their kids and the fear that they instill in their kids from a parental viewpoint. That is an excellent point. Um, that was the thing back in the day where say you and somebody else, you know, were mad at each other. You weren't going to fight at school because then you're going to get in trouble. You're going to get suspended and then you have to deal with it at home. And it just, it wasn't worth it for either side. It'd be okay. We're going to meet at Brad's house or whatever, three forty-five. You get there to be a whole bunch of cars. Everybody's in the front yard. They make a circle and then you fight. You finish. You get it done. And more than likely, you're probably going to be friends the next day like or, or it's squashed or whatever has happened with it. There's no threat of gunfire. There's no threat of somebody getting seriously hurt. It's They just handled it that manner. Now, granted, this is mid, late 90s. We're talking here. I graduated 96. Uh, Rod, 92. I won't tell you when I was born. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Larry, Larry's an 80s baby. So, you know, he, you know, they, I don't know how oh, they were going down with it. So, yeah, I was born in the 60s. Yep. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it is different now. And I do agree that I feel like we see a lot of parents uh, wanting to be their kid's friend more than their mom and dad. Like, I guess, and a lot of that has to do with the way we were raised, where a lot of us, uh, although we look back on it fondly, we weren't very pleased at the time <laughs> with the way our parents were handling us. And they want to be different than what their parents were. But because of it, it's given these kids so many freedoms that they're, oh, some of them run around unchecked. And then there's been instances at different schools here throughout the year. There was one instance last year when we were doing the Player of the Week Awards. I'd go around during the weekday with the plaque and uh, deliver it to that kid at that school uh, before the next week's game. And I won't go into which school it was, but it was a school here in the triad. I was dropping off a, uh, an award. And when I pulled up, it was about two in the afternoon. I noticed there was a bunch of sheriffs everywhere. This was last year um, in the football season. And I didn't know at the time uh, what had gone on. Apparently, there had been some huge fight. And parents had came up to the school and were yeah. fighting the kids. And I didn't know it when I pulled up. They, I mean, they were giving me a hard time getting in. They all knew who I was. I get in, give the kid the plaque or whatever. I'm driving off. Brett Wiseman, uh, host of The Score, texts me as I'm driving off the property. He's like, hey, did you see this, uh, what happened at such and such school? And I'm like, I, I'm leaving that school right now. What's going on? And he sends me the link. And it's a, a story about how these parents were fighting the kids in the parking lot because of something some kid said to some other kid. The parents came up there, confronted them. They start fighting. They get pepper sprayed. Like, it's gotten out of hand. Like, it's crazy in terms of these parents jumping in on the stuff that needs to be just not they don't need to be involved in it. Uh, Jalen, you were there at Tabor uh, Friday night. So you, you caught, I wasn't up. I wasn't up in the sky box. Like y'all. I was down in the trenches. I was in the trenches. What was the vibe when you were in the crowd? Like, I mean, did you catch a vibe that, you know, something was going to go down or Um, I went down. I did. Uh, I left right as the fourth quarter began because the score started getting out of hand Mm -hmm. and it was so strange uh, before we get to what I saw at halftime when I was driving off, like I was literally on 8540 back towards Greensboro, just came through downtown Winston, and I was like, something just hit my spirit. It was like something just happened at that game. 
And I was like, I don't know what it is, but I'm gone, and I hope they don't call me to go back. Mm. And so as I'm leaving, like literally as soon as it hit me, right, and then you text me talking about some, man, you got out of there just in time. And I'm like, what happened? And I get back to the station. Everybody's like, you know, it was commotion out there at uh, Mount Tabor at the game or whatever. But so during halftime, um, I knew something wasn't quite right. And it wasn't much that could be done about it because it's just the construction of Mount Tabor, like the way they got it set up, right? They got the concession stand off. And it's not a, yeah. it's a, not a lot of room between the concession stand and the actual gate to the field. Right. And people trying to get to the concession stand, they were just bumping into each other. It was little kids pushing through. You know how little kids are. You could tell they were like eighth grade. And I mean, they right just pushing through everybody until they bumped to. The, I saw them, they bumped to this older gentleman. And they all looked so scared and so apologetic. And I'm like, see, this is a problem because y'all going to bump into somebody that's a little bit closer to y'all age. And y'all go get whooped off on them. Yep. And I don't know what happened. Um, I have a statement here from the school district, Western Salem. They said, oh, there, they said there was no fights. There was a verbal altercation between an adult and law enforcement. I can't speak to how law enforcement handled it or if they will charge anyone. There was no student involvement and no one injured. So out of abundance of caution, they called the game with three minutes left. Now so, I don't I don't uh, know what you saw. Listen, listen, listen. I, I, I just got, listen. That's just what that's that's what I got here. Well, we saw from our vantage point because it, it, in a weird way, normally I would have had this game booked in June, and for some reason it slipped through the cracks, and I didn't have it booked, so I had to take the last spot available, which was if you're familiar with Mount Tabor on the home side, it's the press box, and you've got like these little banquet tables at the yeah, end of you over the overflow. Yeah, so we were in the overflow, so we we're outside, but because of it. We were on, if you're facing the stands, we were to the left. So we were on the side where the concession stand and everything is. So we it's had the so best tight vantage over point. there, man. They need, so more tight. they need some more space. Actually, when you said it out loud, it reminded me, like, just walking back and forth to the bathroom on that side. It's impossible. You have, to, you have to wiggle through crowds to get there because of the way the space is laid out. I remember at a certain point, while after the first part, we saw two sheriffs running down the track. And Rod mentioned it on the air. And I'd seen that trot before. I knew where they were going. I knew what was going on. We look over to the right and we see something going on it felt it looked like it felt like a movie maybe rocking the test of this because we couldn't make out exactly what was happening but it was dark it looked like a dark mosh pit like from where we were and it looked like just a sea of humanity kind of like moving you couldn't see if it was fight or not it just looked like it was doing like this like right behind the concession stand and then the one thing you could clearly see as that was going on this plume of pepper spray comes out like over yeah. top of it and that and then you see everybody scatter and all of a sudden you see grass and you're seeing people jump over fences and run the other way, and that's when stuff started going crazy. I didn't well, know it that. Desmond, you're missing you, all three of you from the outside in. I'm looking as someone that didn't see the game. You're missing a big point. Rod hit on some terrific points. I mean, especially the discipline at home. That's obviously the key one, in Absolutely. my opinion, yeah. right there. But you're also forgetting the effect of social media. Social media brings that, you know, when I was younger and I'm playing, we didn't have social media. So you couldn't broadcast everywhere that we were going to fight. We were going to fight. You either, somebody either knew it or they didn't know it. You didn't have all these different platforms that we have nowadays. And as much as people, you know, give credit to social media, it magnifies things like this going on because of the attention it brings to that incident. And I think especially with kids, Kids are looking for attention. A lot of them are lacking attention. Like Rod said, at home, for whatever reason, it's not the same. You know, 
disciplines out of it. You know, you're right. When I was a kid, if I got in a fight at school, I was going to get my butt whooped when I got home because there was no, my family, my, you know, we had eight kids in my family. So they that fear, you know, that fear is not there anymore. They're, they don't fear the parents anymore. Right. They don't, there is no fear. The society has taken the discipline. Every time you touch your kid, it's considered child abuse as far as kids are concerned today. And, but social media, don't forget social media, guys. Social media is a big part of this. And I think it's one that you're leaving out. Oh, you're mm-hmm. absolutely right, Larry. That is the major contributor to everything that's going on. That's it, it's a, it's a combination of everything that you guys hit on, right? It's the yeah. lack of parenting. And, Des, this was something that you said, and I wanted to touch on this, right? A lot of parents nowadays, they feel like their upbringing was traumatic, right, due to whatever type of discipline they received or lack of love or attention. Some people have better cases for, you know, than others. I feel like if you were, if the worst thing that happened to you as a child was that you got a whooping, you had a pretty good upbringing, right? A solid upbringing. There's different levels of whooping, but yeah, exactly. I know what you're talking about. Exactly. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's why I use whooping. I didn't yeah, say beating because there's beating. Like once you get to beating your child, that's that's too much. There's different there's like grades beating. of beating. Right. Exactly. Beating exactly. for sport is different than getting you know spanked for exactly. doing something. Yeah. Okay. And so now nowadays, <laughs> parents, right? They're so cautious and want to remove that aspect of the parenting from today's uh, child. And it it just causes problems, right? There's this lack of, it's a space of, it's a lack of accountability. It's a lack of, right. That, that, that fear is gone. And that now allows these kids to have free reign to do whatever they want with no consequences. The only consequences possibly comes from law enforcement. Right. And in a lot of cases, the parent has already set the tone that that's really not a major issue, which is another problem. Like, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the situation that happened with uh, the rapper PNB rock a couple weeks ago. He was murdered at Roscoe's out in Los Angeles. Right. Mm -hmm. Mind you, the two people that have been arrested in this case is a 17 year old teenager and his dad. Wow. That is a perfect example as to what is going on and what's wrong in our country in our world these days i don't know the answer to it um but i wanted to use this platform that we have because we are we pride ourselves as being uh the top media entity in the area when it comes to high school sports uh live events uh we've unfortunately been at a couple of these because we're all over the place we had three live games friday night that we were streaming at the same time besides the east Forsyth mount Tabor game um and it's it's become more prevalent. So we'll we'll keep an eye on it throughout the season. Hopefully, we won't see a whole lot of it as we move and forward. Desmond, add one more thing, and I thought Jalen hit a terrific point. He talks about the big one being accountability, but it's also a lack of responsibility by the parents, I believe, as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, that a lot of they they don't believe their kid can do wrong, so yep. they feel it's the other kid's fault or it's the school's fault. I've seen so many times where the teachers get blamed or everybody's a victim. Everybody's, Everybody's a, victim. a victim now. I'm gonna move the uh, the ESPN top ten uh, talk and the all time Wake Forest starting five talk to probably the next week as we get closer to basketball. Uh, I'm gonna keep it here in football. I'm gonna keep us here real quick before we get to Ed Smith in about ten minutes. Uh, college football scoreboard. I know that Rod is heading to Chapel Hill to see Virginia Tech, North Carolina. Uh, Carolina three and one. Uh, Play, played some the ugliest three football. one of all time. <laughs> we played some arena football the past four weeks. The defense. What are your thoughts here, real quick, on Carolina, Rod? From what you've seen, because 
I want I don't want to pick on the defense because I know too many kids on that defense from the triad, and I know those kids are dogs, and they just need some time. I don't know if it's the scheme or just bad luck the teams they played, uh, but they just don't want to stop people from scoring. Like, do you what do you expect to happen in this game? Three thirty p.m. on ABC, uh, Virginia Tech two and two coming into this game. I love Drake May. I love the offense from what I'm seeing, but the defense, what's missing? Like, what do you think it's the? Is it full longo? Man, I think I thought Chisnick was a defensive coordinator. Oh, is he not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not understanding what's going on with Chisnick. You know, he was big time down at Auburn when he had Cam Newton. The defense was a heck of a defense down that way. Um, of course, that was a long time ago. But the defense is giving up so many points, man. I don't understand it. Um, I don't know if it's a scheme. I don't know if he's just not putting them in the right position. I'm not exactly sure what's going on. I'm going to try and evaluate, but it's hard to evaluate when you're a fan and you're like, come on, defense, stop somebody. You know what I mean? But this defense is giving up 40 points a game, man. And Virginia Tech is scoring 20 points, averaging 20 points a game. So to be honest with you, I expect Virginia Tech to score over 20 points in this game. I'm expecting them to score over their average, man. And of course, our offense is able to score points. The problem is, our defense is likely to give up just as many or more points than the offense scores. And that's a huge problem. And I, I can't, I, I can't figure out what it is. I know when I um, was at the Notre Dame game, we had some uh, penalties at inopportune times when we had an opportunity to get off the field. Then all of a sudden there's a holding call. Uh, and then, you know, the middle has been opened up a couple of times for some reason in that secondary. It's easy for us to keep those seam routes open and, and those crossing routes coming across the middle. <laughs> Notre Dame tore us up on that number 87, the big tight end. I think he had a career day against us last week. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it, I there's I, I don't know, man. The defense Chisnick has got to do something or else Mac Brown's going to be firing another defensive coordinator. I don't, and I know this is his first year and you got to try and jail a little bit. But good grief, man. It feels like we're worse on defense than we were last year. Let me I'm gonna split these two up. I'm gonna give one to Jalen and one to uh, to Larry to discuss here. Two top 25 uh matchups in the ACC. ACC's been putting it down this year so far. Like the, the teams that are at the top of the league, they seem pretty solid. Of course, the biggest game of the night, uh Clemson, number five, Clemson taking on 10th ranked NC State. I'll let you guys decide between the two which one of you want to take that it one. It doesn't there. matter to me. All right, Jalen, let me give it to you. I'm going to give you Wake Forest and uh, FSU, Larry. Um, uh, Clemson, NC State, is this Clemson team for real? Because it feels like this Clemson team lacks the star power that we've seen the past five or six years. But, I mean, here they are. We're talking about them having a down year last year. They lost two games, uh, won the eventual national champion, Georgia, the first week of the season. Uh, What's your feel on Clemson? Like, is this a – uh, obviously, it's a game for NC State. They beat them last year, but if NC State can beat Clemson this year, now you're talking about NC State getting moved into the top five, probably. Like they probably switch spots. So, which game? Who's who needs this game more, Clemson or NC State? Jalen. Oh, I thought you said you was gonna give me Florida. No, State. I'm gonna give Larry. The, okay, I'm cool. gonna give Larry Florida State and Wake Forest. Okay, yeah. but I would say, honestly, I would say Clemson needs this game more. Um, I honestly see them with a higher chance of getting into the playoff, of course, because they are Clemson. Um, they're already at the number five spot. Like you said, now, if it's, it's Devin Leary and NC State were to win, they would switch. I would say they'd go to five. Clemson probably go down to ten. Mm-hmm. But 
I don't see NC State, if everything would have remained the same above them, I don't see NC State being able to break into that top four just because unless they go all the way through and there's some collapse in those three in front of them. I, well, I, I mean, just, Alabama and Georgia are eventually going to play each other. Yeah, so but they're not going to drop them one of them past three. State would have to dominate the rest of their, their Yeah, schedule. and then, then they'd have to win the championship game as well. Right. And that means they would have to play – Probably Clemson again, or would it be somebody? Uh, no, no, they play somebody the from the other side. side. It would be, be like uh, Pitt, a Miami, Carolina. or yeah, yeah it'd be somebody okay. like that. And then that win probably isn't going to hold enough weight unless they win by sixty points to yeah. bump them over Georgia or Alabama. See, and that's why wins. I hate college football. Like wh- everything you just said right there, because it, there's like a wall. Like I, I wish they could expand the college football playoff for this year, because this year would actually be a good year to have multiple teams in it instead of the same four, Alabama, Georgia, uh, who am I missing? Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State. Clemson. Yeah. And either Clemson or I don't know who's number four. Michigan's up there. Michigan, Michigan. Michigan's up yeah. there right now. So USC, basically the top two teams in the Big Ten and the top two teams. Oh, yeah, in USC the, as well. Uh, yeah, USC. And I think USC the probably – they got a good chance to go ahead and march it all the way through. And they'll Michigan, Ohio State, right Michigan, Ohio State will cancel each other out at the end. One, if, they're, if they go all the way to the very – one of them will beat the other and knock them out. So that will open up something there and then so the yeah, top have, like, six right now USC we got georgia and, alabama ohio state michigan clemson and usc yep and what and usc really has a clear path if they just win clear out the pack 12 they'll they'll probably end up just being in there but uh yeah and i think oklahoma somewhere right underneath that so uh uh uh, yeah, I'd agree. I think it's probably bigger for NC State for their program. Shout out to NC State because they got like five or six kids from East Forsyth on that roster. So we we like to hype them up a lot, even though it's NC State and me and Rod are diehard Carolina fans. It hurts our heart that they all went to NC State, but NC State's doing well, and we like to attribute it to uh, to the kids they have on the program. Larry, real quick, 22nd ranked Wake Forest, 3-1 and one, uh, after taking Clemson to the wire in what might be the best game of the year um, last week in double overtime in Winston-Salem. Uh, playing 23rd ranked FSU, Florida State. They're four and zero. Is FSU under the radar, or are they overrated? I don't think they're overrated. I mean, they got uh, unbelievable defense, and even in their wins, you know, they didn't play ranked teams, but they played the Louisville's, they played LSU, they played Boston College. Still respectable programs, even though they're not ranked. But the one thing this kid, uh, uh, Jordan Travis, the quarterback, is outstanding for FSU. They got a running game, and they're only allowing 18 points a game. So they're a well-balanced team. They can run the ball. They can pass the ball. The problem with Wake Forest is as Sam Hartman goes, this team goes. Good thing for Sam Hart- for Wake Forest, Sam Hartman's been going very, very well. And, you know, they almost won last week. They should have won last week. But at the end of the day, I don't know. It's easy to play Sam Hartman if you're a good defensive team because all you have to do is stop Sam Hartman. There's nobody else to stop on that team. So I, at the end of the day, this is going to be another good game. I don't think it'll be as high scoring as last week because of, Wake, uh, because of FSU's defense, but this could be a three-point game. And I'm going to go with FSU because I believe they're playing at Doak Stadium in they Tallahassee are. this game. Yeah. I think the home crowd wins it for them today. Looks like Tallahassee didn't get touched by Hurricane Ian. Like the whole state of Florida got hit except for the panhandle and like out towards yeah, like Alabama. That's towards the panhandle. They, yeah. So like Tallahassee yeah. looks like they're fine because I saw Dave Clawson basically saying, you know, well, we don't want to play the game if our players are going to be threatened or the weather or if there's no food or whatever. 
I saw him touchdown yesterday in Tallahassee. It's sunny skies, uh, bright, like no clouds in the sky. I was like, where's the hurricane? <laughs> like it didn't even go that way. So they should be fine. 330 kickoff. That's on ABC also. Uh, again, Clemson, NC State's the nightcap tonight, Saturday, 7.30 p.m. ABC. Carolina, Wake, uh, Virginia Tech is at 3.30 today. Um, a little bit later on, actually on Tobacco Road Sports Radio, head coach Sam Washington and the North Carolina a Aggies taking on Bryant, uh, a school where I, I had no idea this school even existed. They're I don't know where it Island? is. They are in Rhode Island. Yeah. The second person, whenever I brought this up, they they known exactly where the school was. They I live about event, score like 30 points, though. So they play tonight. 6.30 A&T pregame show with Donald Ware here on TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. Uh, 7 p.m. is the kickoff, A&T and Bryant. If you are a North Carolina A&T Aggie fan, you can get to this game a variety of ways. You can listen to it, Terrestrial Radio, WKEW, and the, uh, the Triad, 1400 AM uh, or 96.3 The Light. You can listen to it online at com. If you are on the North Carolina A&T Athletics Facebook page, we pin the, the official audio to the very top of that page uh, so anybody can listen to it. It's the same audio you would hear on the radio or through your phone, through Tobacco Road. Anything that comes up underneath that, I feel like I've said every week, any of these weird bots, I feel like I clear 30 bots off that thread every week after I post the, the audio where it's like, click here to, to watch the game. Do not click those links. <laughs> those links are bad. They're going to take your money. Leave those alone. The official audio will be sitting in a, a little video pinned to the top of the athletics page. All you got to do is just unmute it. You'll hear Donald Ware. Al Swan, uh, the handsome one, Billy Covington. They'll be calling this game uh, tonight at 7 p.m. Uh, here on Tobacco Road Sports Radio, your home for A&T athletics. Uh, I got to get into hour number two, take a quick break. These guys got to get out of here. When we come back just a bit, believe in Arizona Cardinals co-host Ed Smith, former NFL tight end, will come on. We'll preview Panthers versus Cardinals uh, 4 o'clock on Sunday. You've been listening to The Rundown. You're listening to The Rundown with Desmond Johnson. Walkertown Auto Sales. Look no further when shopping for your next vehicle. Located in the heart of the triad at 3076 Walkertown View Drive in Walkertown, Walkertown Auto Sales specializes in affordable and reliable used cars, trucks, and SUVs. They offer financing with good credit, bad credit, or no credit, with interest rates as low as 3.9%. With knowledgeable employees that are always willing to go the extra mile, you'll drive away with the car of your dreams at Walkertown Auto Sales. Check out the entire online inventory now at Walkertown Auto Sales. You deserve to get good service and great rates. At State Farm, we get it. And we're here to help because with every State Farm policy, you get good neighbor service and you get surprisingly great rates. So what are you waiting for? Get going and talk to a local State Farm agent about your surprisingly great rates today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Individual premiums will vary by customer. All applicants subject to State Farm underwriting requirements. When you want the real deal, call State Farm agent Susanna Nunn in Kernersville today. Beamer Tire and Auto Repair. Now with three locations across the triad in High Point, Greensboro, and our new location in Kernersville. Beamer Tire and Auto offers full-service auto repair all tire brands, free alignment checks, oil changes, and more. In Kernersville, check out the no appointment needed quick lube shop. Check out their thousands of five-star ratings via Google and Yelp. They care because they know that you can go anywhere. So try a shop with a beating heart, not a bottom line. Beamer Tire and Auto Repair. Visit us on Facebook or at BeamerTire.com. For the best sports talk in the trial. Can't touch this. The best interviews with coaches and players. 
Your home for live triad sports. And now it's TGI Friday. Welcome to Out of Pocket with Michael Davis. Happy Friday. You're in the huddle with franchise players. Welcome to a Friday afternoon edition of The Score. Tobacco Road's TGI Friday Sports Line. 4 p.m. WWBG, 1470 a.m. every Friday afternoon. Back to the rundown with Desmond Johnson. Welcome back into the rundown here on WWBG 1470 AM, TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. You can check us out across multiple platforms, Facebook Watch, uh, Tobacco Road Sports Radio's YouTube channel, LinkedIn, Twitter, at Tobacco Radio. If you want to chime in with any uh, comments or hot takes based on what you've seen here, you can do so. Interact with us live. Um, the information's down there below, so you can talk to us. And we'll, ask, we'll answer it and interact with you live uh, while we're doing the show. With me right now, he is the host of the Believe in Arizona Cardinals podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, former NFL tight end Ed Smith joining the show. What's going on, Ed? How you doing, man? Hey, good to see you, Dez. Always a pleasure, man. So we got Panthers Cardinals 4 p.m. Sunday, uh, 4.05 kickoff Sunday on Fox. Uh, for Panther fans that might not be too familiar with this version of the Arizona Cardinals, of course, we played them last year and won. That was the infamous Cam Newton returns uh, game about halfway through the season last year. Playing them a little bit earlier this year, playing them in Charlotte. It's the third home game in four weeks for Carolina, looking to go to two and two on the season after losing their first two games by a combined five points on two missed or two made field goals late in fourth quarters. Uh, got back on it uh, with the win last week over the Saints. Cardinals coming into town, Kyler Murray and company. Uh, starting off, Ed, give me what is in your mind from what you've seen so far from this Cardinals team, what's the team's biggest weakness? Oh, man, there are so many, to be honest with you, Des. And oh, good. That's right here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're coming into this game one and two, and by right, we should be 0-3. Uh, you know, the Raiders gifted us one. We were down 20 to nothing at uh, the half, and, you know, obviously we had that miraculous comeback. A win is a win, though, so we'll take it. But we haven't done much well uh, starting off slow starts for this team out of the box every game so far, falling behind, including the one I was just mentioned. Uh, then, you know, you talk about offensively, just out of sync. Nothing seems to be working. Uh, the biggest play we have right now, or I guess the most common thing, is uh, Kyler Murray just off script, scrambling, running around. Uh, we haven't established much of a running game, so it's been kind of peaked there. Uh, on the defensive side, we've just allowed everybody to have their way with us so far. And the problem is, you know, you lose a Chandler Jones, you don't replace him. Uh, we've got two young running backs and Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons, you know, in the middle of the, 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 the defense. And, you know, our strong cornerback, we probably have one of the weakest cornerback rooms in the entire NFL. Uh, you get back to our deep secondary with Beta uh, Buda Baker. I mean, we're solid back there. But I always say if your safeties are back there making a whole bunch of plays, that uh, is a recipe for disaster. And, uh you know, so far, you know, we have two sacks on the season so far, Desmond, and that pretty much says it all. We haven't been able to stop the run. We haven't been able to pressure anybody. When we attempted to blitz, we get beat because we don't have the cover guys. And offensively, you know, it's been a strange mix so far, but not much success on that uh, front. Obviously missing 
DeAndre Hopkins is a big part, but it hasn't been much good to look out here so far. Well, damn, there you go. Uh, Ed Smith from uh, – <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you kind of answered a lot of my – because I'm not familiar yeah. with this Arizona team. You're making yeah. me feel a little bit better about this game uh, Sunday <laughs> 4 p.m. on Fox. Um, who Who is Kyler's biggest weapon on offense right now? Because he doesn't have DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, I thought I saw A.J. Green is doubtful for this game, so I'm not sure if he's going to play. Who is Kyler leaning on in this offense? Uh, they're averaging the same amount of points as Carolina. Uh, granted, it's 20.7 points per game uh the cards are giving up close to 30 points per game though on the defensive side now granted some of that is because of week one they gave up 44 to kansas city but they gave up 29 to las vegas the following week um who who is he leaning on in this offense are they is there a, spe a specific receiver he's going to or right now obviously we we made a trade for marquise brown uh, over in the offseason when they figured out DeAndre was going to be out for those six weeks. Uh, he has been MIA for the first – he was MIA for the first two games this past game. He had 14 receptions for 140 yards, so that was kind of his breakout. Uh, leading into this game, the most consistent guy on the team, and I guarantee you or anybody else, including me, if we were in the stand in the supermarket, supermarket line – with uh, Greg Dortch, we would have no idea who that young man is. But, you know, he has, you know, he's kind of stepped up in the absence of, like you said, A.J. Green. We thought Andy as a, Andy Isabella would be a, uh, somewhat a weapon, you know, as much as they played him during the offseason, but he hasn't done much himself. Uh, and then to boot, we have not done anything in the running game, meaning consistently turn around and hand the ball to anybody to take pressure of Kyler in the passing game. So get this one, uh, Desmond, last game, and it, it was it was a bad game. We we lost to the Rams. We scored four field goals. Uh, the Rams weren't on their point, weren't on point. They only scored 20 points. So it wasn't a game that you think, wow, you know, they had they were behind the whole way and they just had we threw the ball 58 times and ran it 21 times in a game that we only lost by eight points. Huh. And that to me makes no sense at some point somebody should be tapping kingsbury on the shoulder look man we're not that far behind let's continue to try to run the ball to at least make them respect it nope we just go the exact opposite way man so okay that actually leans heavy into my next question that was on head coach cliff kingsbury because in a way I, in my mind i'm kind of framing this matchup as the steve wilkes revenge game <laughs> yeah this is back with uh <laughs> with the panthers steve wilkes uh, was the defensive coordinator for Carolina and former head coach Ron Rivera until I think 2017. Um, he left because he was getting offered head coaching jobs, got the job with Arizona, was only there for a year. Uh, who, who did he, Josh Rosen, I think was the quarterback he drafted. Yes, yes. Um, mm -hmm. So he only had 12 months, maybe less than 12 months in the role, and then got tossed to the side for Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, so did Josh Rosen. He got tossed to the side. They used the, uh, the pick the following year on Kyler Murray, number one overall. And Arizona has been this version of Arizona ever since. Steve Wilkes now back with the Panthers as a uh, secondary coach. And I felt like he didn't get his fair shake in terms of being a head coach in the NFL. He only got one year to turn the Arizona Cardinals around. Um, and I feel like he'll have the parts of the defense will be ready to go for Wilkes. What are your thoughts on Cliff Kingsbury? Now he's how long has he been there? Three years, four years? Fourth year. This is his fourth year. So you've yeah. had a, a long enough resume to kind of gauge what kind of coach he is and the, the, the where the arrow is pointing for the Cardinals going forward in the future. Have you been impressed with what Kingsbury's done or 
are you kind of feeling eh, about Cliff Kingsbury? I, bro, I am so eh, on Kingsbury. <laughs> he, and as far as the, you talk about the direction, it's flatlined, if you ask me, man. <laughs> Here, here's the thing about Kingsbury. We are too far into this regime for him to still be looking like he's trying to figure it out on the sideline. You sound like us. You know, it's almost a mirror. I've done a few spots for you guys this week, and it's almost a mirror image. It's almost like we're talking about the same team, you know, in terms of – and then you start talking about the head coach. You know, this is year four. This is when you're supposed – things are supposed to be clicking. You're moving. You know, we we see your your thumbprint on this organization. We know your identity. You have – and I we have an idea how you like to to ball, how you like – the type of players you like. Man, we still Kingsbury, along with everybody else, is still just trying to figure it out. He has, you know, you can see him on the sideline. We joke out here with my team. You know, you'll talk to Jay on tomorrow on the show, and we talk about it all the time. How he, you can see, he's over there on the sideline. Papers are shaking, and he's just trying to, you know. And here's the thing, Desmond. You know, in that forty second window between plays, that's not when you're trying to figure it out. Your mind should already be thinking two and three plays and yep. scenarios ahead. That 40 seconds, that's not when you're trying to figure out what do we do now. That should already be planned out in your mind. Three different options. And the great ones, they know four different options because who knows if a penalty happens or this or that. You know, Kingsbury still, he's like going play to play. And then the other thing I hate, Desmond, you know, I've been asked a thousand times about why do you guys seem to falter at the end of the year? Well, at the end of games and then at the end of the year, there are two things in common for me. He has not figured out the ability to adjust hmm. his game plan and, you know, every within game and like game to game game plans. Once teams get film on us, they figure us out. They kind of get an idea how to attack us. He doesn't have that counter punch in his mind. He'll come into a game sometime with great game plan. It starts off. Then the other team, what do you do? You make your adjustments, right? Then yep. he's stymied. And the same thing goes for as the season. We had that 7-0 last team undefeated last year. The teams finally started looking at the film, and they were like, well, let's do this. And he didn't have that counterpunch. So with all those things mixed in, you know, uh, you know, I'm I'm not very confident about Kingsbury. The bad part of this, Desmond, they gave him an extension to 2027 for absolutely no uh, – why? I am baffled. I, and it makes no sense. That was actually really, my question. You're, you're really good at this because you're leading <laughs> right, leading me right down the river because my next question really had to do with Kyler Murray and his contract and his terms. I completely forgot they extended Kingsbury too. Yeah. How many times have the, the cards made the playoffs with Kingsbury once? Just the one time and then and not got beat. We got our heads bashed in by the Rams last year. Yeah. So, and then you talk about, and I'll throw you the other caveat. So, Steve Kime also got a, a, a contract extension. It was, I, I was joking all the time. I was like, you know, you watch the Oprah shows where you get a TV, you get a TV. <laughs> yeah. They were just throwing extension. And obviously, they extend Kyler Murray, but they're all married to each other for at least a little bit of time because this cheap organization isn't buying people out. I mean, it's going to be more of the same for a very long time. So Kyler Murray signed a $230 million uh, deal that includes that includes $160 million in guarantees. Uh, makes him the second highest paid quarterback in the league with an average salary of $46.1 million per year. What are your thoughts on Kyler Murray right now? Oh, my now? God. <laughs> he, right now he's getting bashed. And I, one of the things I said uh, when we went through all the contract dispute and then he finally signed and then they put that – Claws in there to embarrass him and embarrass themselves and everything like that. Hold on, one before you go any further, let's, yeah. stop, let's stop right there. What's okay. the deal with that clause? Like, because that clause is one of those weird kind of like 
I'm getting sunned kind of moments. Like, and for the kid out, like a lot of that kind of stuff, it's like fine print stuff that you don't normally hear about. But that got out immediately uh, when that contract dropped. I get it. It's two hundred thirty million dollars. It's fine. You want to put that in there that I got to do something I'm supposed to already be doing. Fine, but it made Kyler look like he wasn't doing this before. Is that the case? Or here's the thing: Desmond, weird. <laughs> if he was handling his business, they would have had no reason to put something like that in the clause. I felt bad for him because it embarrassed him, but I also felt he brought this on himself. How he obviously has been handling his business within the walls and then going home because there's no reason for a team to put that in there. The reason you've never heard about a clause like that because nobody's ever done it before. Yeah. Nobody's ever put anything like that in a contract. So for them to put it out there and then for it to be leaked or found, that was an attempt to try to say without, you know, and here's another thing about Cliff Kingsbury. Kingsbury has, in my opinion, he is not, he is not like, imagine if Bill Belichick says, this is how we're doing it. And I'm seeing from, team to individual bill would call somebody in his office and hey i'll give you one last warning this is how we do it here if we don't then we got a problem and that means you might not be here kingsbury does not have that you know i can imagine once again i'm always joking it's like you know for him to have a meeting with kyler murray it would be one of those hey uh kyler uh, would you mind coming here for a minute and just um you know i just want to talk to you about something and you know and i hope don't take offense though because you know and i mean don't want, to Murray, yeah. don't want to ruffle the feathers and it's you know like i said it's just a big it's a mess out here <laughs> and not just a mess for now i'm looking at the long overall picture and the longer they're all here together it's only gonna get worse and the days of uh, Kurt Warner and Larry Fitzgerald seem like they are long, long by. <laughs> yeah, Panthers have owned the Cardinals through the years. They've won 14 of the past 19 matchups overall, including the past six games. Carolina beat Arizona in each of the past three seasons. Uh, over the past six matchups, uh, Ed, the Panthers haven't scored fewer than 27 points. Uh, when seeing the Arizona Cardinals, I'm probably just jinxed them by putting all that out there. But uh, <laughs> 405 kickoff uh, on Fox. Uh, Cardinals and Panthers. Ed Smith from Believe in Arizona uh, Cardinals podcast co-host uh, there. Believe has 32 podcasts dedicated to each individual NFL team. There's a uh, an NFL player attached with each one uh, or former NFL player attached to each one. Go check that out there. You can hear it on the SiriusXM app for all 32 teams. And then of course, online at the Believe Podcast Network, all major uh, podcast platforms uh, have those shows available. Ed, real quick, give me a quick prediction. Panthers, Cardinals, give me a score. Uh, I've been going back and forth all week, Desmond. I initially had the Cardinals come in at 0-3. We got lucky. We won that Raiders game. I had this as the Cardinals' first victory of the season, actually. And I guess I'm going to stick to that sloppy game, depending on what the weather's like, as you mentioned while we were talking offline. I would say somewhere 24-22 Cardinals. But if you ask me how confident I am on that, Man, I'm not confident at all. That could be <laughs> that this could be one of those ugly games, could be a, 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 a Panther win, but I'm sticking to it for now. I'm still, I, I put it on the Believe in Panthers podcast. We just actually wrapped on that for uh, our late episode for the week. And um, I predicted 24 13 Carolina. Oh, uh, okay. another one of those kind of back and forth type games it really depends on if christian mccaffrey is available because he was on the yeah report. He, he did practice friday uh without a jersey or anything uh, a special jersey or whatever it didn't do a whole lot but he doesn't do a whole lot in practice right now anyway so yeah if he's out there that changes what they do defensively 
uh, for Arizona, and it changes Carolina's offensive scheme as well. He's, he, he just changes so much stuff. It's better to have mm-hmm. him out there decoy than not at all. So um, I'm going to go with the idea that McCaffrey will be there. Um, Baker's going to get a chance to kind of open up the passing game a little bit, but I don't think they're going to get to 27. They haven't got to that all year. So uh, I'll go on to Desmond. I think you just changed my mind. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to stick tight. I might change my mind on the show tomorrow. Or the, on we'll find, yeah, we'll find. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Because I, I like I'm doing a swing on you guys' uh, show as well. So we'll see if you change your mind between now and then. Uh, Ed Smith, follow him on Twitter at Ed Smith Speaks. Believe in Carol. Oh, excuse me. Believe in Arizona Cardinals podcast. Again, Cardinals and Panthers. Four hundred five kickoff on Fox. Appreciate you, brother, uh, having you on, and definitely have you back on here soon. Because the NFL, especially the NFC. Is wide open, yes, sir. A lot to talk about going into the next couple of weeks, and probably not even anything to do with our teams. <laughs> so, it'll be yeah, exactly. Yeah. Appreciate you, brother Des, as always, man. Thank Keep you, up bro. the great work, man. Uh, coming up here next, here on the rundown, more sports debate. What you expect here on WWBG 1470 AM and tobacco road You're listening to the rundown. You're listening to the rundown with Desmond Johnson. Blue Naples Pizzeria in Kernersville is now hiring. Come work for one of the best Italian restaurants in the triad. Currently hiring dishwashers, cooks, front cashiers, and more. Great hours, great pay. Give them a call at 336-993-7707 or stop by and inquire at 1519 Union Cross Road in Kernersville. Start working this week. Blue Naples Pizza. Hey, Panther fans, right now on the SiriusXM app, here are the most in-depth Carolina Panthers coverage anywhere with Believe in Carolina Panthers, part of the Believe Podcast Network on SiriusXM. Here from me, Desmond Johnson, and my co-host, Skylar Callahan from Sports Illustrated, and Panther great Jonathan Stewart, as we break down the Panthers before and after every game through the NFL season. Your team, your podcast. Search B-L-E-A-V in Carolina Panthers on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you believe? Find your next car at Auto Store of North Carolina in Walkertown. Their goal is to make car shopping and car buying experience fast, friendly, and easy. They have helped hundreds of customers get behind the wheel of a newer, reliable, quality used car, and they could help you too. Stop by and speak with one of their sales professionals today and drive away with your new car. The Auto Store of North Carolina, 4964 Reedsville Road in Walkertown. Give them a call at 336-595-8550 and view the current inventory of vehicles at Autostore of NC.com. Hey, Pops, where you want to go eat tonight? I'm going to go get me some good Southern cooking at Ball Brothers down by the airport in Winston. No, Pops, it's Bell Brothers, and they closed years ago. It's Taste of the Triad now. Taste of the Triad? Is it in the old Ball Brothers building? Yup. Can I still get baked chicken and collard greens? Sure can. How about neck bones, meatloaf, and pork chops? Taste of the Triad has all that. So they ain't got pinto beans, tater salad, mac and cheese, or fried okra? Pops, they have all that, plus homemade cakes and cobblers and sweet potato pie. Well, then I don't care what they call it. Let's go eat. Taste of the Triad. Open daily for lunch with $5.99 specials from 11 to 2 and chef specials daily. Don't miss the Saturday brunch from 9 to 1 and the soulful Sunday dinner when you come out of church full of the word but hungry for Southern comfort food. Taste of the Triad in the old Bell Brothers building at Old Walkertown Road and North Liberty in Winston-Salem. That's good Southern cooking. Back to the rundown with Desmond Johnson.
Welcome back into WWBG 1470 AM and com. It is The Rundown live every Saturday morning, 10 AM to 12 noon across the Piedmont. Shout out to everybody that's been checking us out on Facebook Watch, on LinkedIn, on Twitter at Tobacco Radio, and the Tobacco Road Sports Radio YouTube channel. A little Charlotte Hornets talk because the Hornets are back in business training camp open this past week. They actually will be taking on the Boston Celtics at TD Garden uh, next Friday. Uh, the season opener is against San Antonio, October the 19th. Stick around. We got some news regarding the Charlotte Hornets that will be breaking here real soon that I think uh, the trial will be real pleased about. Uh, with us right now, he is the host of the Believe in Charlotte Hornets podcast, Sam Dracula. I've kind of turned hour number two into the Believe Hour where I'm bringing in different Believe hosts. Uh, it's it's wild. They got so much content right now. I'm just happy to be part of what they're doing right now. Uh, you can catch the Believe in Charlotte Hornets podcast on Sirius XM uh, on the Believe Podcast Network. Uh, Sam, is uh, Raymond Felton still co-hosting with you, or uh, or yeah, he is still co-hosting with you. Okay, perfect. So uh, that's uh, Sam Dracula, Raymond Felton uh, co-hosting that. So definitely check that out. Uh, any place you get your podcast, just check in on uh, Believe in Charlotte Hornets. Got him in here today to talk a little Charlotte Hornets talk. Uh, Sam, what's going on, brother? How you doing, man? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Like it's, uh, I feel like it's preseason for me too. Like I was trying yeah. to get like my computer set up on stuff. Like I, mean, <laughs> I recorded a video right before this, and I was like, I don't even know what I'm, like where my settings are, or, like where my files are. So you like when you went on break, you went on break. <laughs> yeah, because like truthfully, like I got so we got Hornets fans got spoiled last off season because yeah. so much happened between the Devonte Graham signing trade, Malik Monk going to L.A., um, the Ubre acquisition the Plumlee draft day deal two first round draft pick. Like it was a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Nothing happened like from a player, player movement point of view, you know, Brit, the Bridges stuff went down, obviously Cody Martin got extended and they bring in Dennis Smith jr. On a non-guaranteed deal. So like that's it. That's the list. Yeah. And Does that worry you that, not, that they didn't really do a whole lot. Cause it felt like the front office was frozen by what happened to miles and we'll get yeah. to him in a sack. Yeah. Uh, but even after realizing that they may not have his services, they didn't really go for anybody. Are, do you think they're just content with the roster they have? Yeah, they're locked in, man. Because they the the Hayward contract is is thirty million every year for four for now two more years. Yeah, Terry Rozier is entering the first year of a four year extension. They're like they're they're capped. And PJ is going to come up. PJ is due for a deal. PJ Washington is going to get paid this summer as well. And so you know the the bridges. The bridges money's off the table for all intents and purposes, right? But there's not a lot of maneuverability from a player move, unless they got involved in the trade market, which was a weird one because what some of these teams are asking for, like, I don't think the Hornets are were that that close. Like how Cleveland made that move for Donovan Mitchell, for instance, right? Mm-hmm. Cleveland when they before they made that move, the Cavaliers were I think in that like fourth fifth place conversation. In the, in the Eastern Conference, the Hornets are nowhere near that. So for the Cavs to make that move, that brings them into like the topper, the higher tier of the East versus the Hornets. If they bring in a guy like Donovan Mitchell, that'll only bring up one, bring them up one level, and there still would just be a four or five seed at best, right? So it, it just made the Hornets aren't work close enough to make something like that happen. What's this? What's the latest you've heard on the Miles Bridges situation? And is there a possibility that Miles Bridges plays for the Charlotte Hornets this year? Because if I'm not mistaken, they never rescinded their their. Uh their uh offer to him right correct yeah and he hasn't accepted it either so like so he's a restricted free agent you know um and so if he signs it he'll be on a one-year deal and then he'll be an unrestricted free agent next year um 
with Bridges, his case got continued, I think for the fourth time. Uh, so we're just not, this is not moving forward. It's not done. It's not over. It just hasn't even started. Right. So they're, they're, for whatever reason, I don't know the ins and outs of the case. It's a, the whole thing's a bummer, honest, to be yeah. honest with you. But with Bridges, yeah. So he's any, another team could sign him or put an offer sheet into him. Right. And then the Hornets would have like 48 hours or three days, whatever, to, to match or let him go. But no one's touching him with what was going on with Robert Sarver. What's going on with Odoka? Like, who no team wants to bring on that negativity mm-hmm. at this stage. There's too much going on. And, and the NBA touts itself as trying to be like the awoke league, right? And no, like, I think there's a reason no team has gone near him while the stuff is still pending. So until that stuff gets figured out, I think he'll get a suspension um, either by the team or the league. And then depending no, on the timing, he'll be available. Like, it's, I think. He'll serve like 30 games or something like something like that. You know what I mean? Like, you, think I don't the think team, he, you think the team would be the Hornets that give him the suspension? So you're saying it as if he may be back with the Hornets or? Yeah, I, I think this is, I think the scenario where he if the if the if the court case stuff settles, like he's not serving actual like jail time because that's like the real life stuff is will, <laughs> will supersede yeah. any like basketball stuff. Right. So, you know, if you if you avoid jail time, uh, I could see a, a scenario where if there's a plea agreement, whatever the Hornets or the league say. You're going to serve 10, 20, 30 games, something like that, and then return. And then he goes on an apology tour. And then he's because he's going to be back in the league. Right. right? I just don't know. I just don't know when because the case hasn't even gone forward yet. And Who I don't knows? know just the how, whole thing could be drawn out for a year. And I don't know how the Hornets fan base would react to him being back on the team. Uh, uh, just knowing where we are, Bible Belt, everything else. Yeah. Although I have seen a lot of people on social media defending Miles and saying that he deserves a second chance and everything else, I'm, I don't know. I, I just, I, I can't really wrap my mind around it. Um, I will say that uh, one of the things that people are forgetting here because they're, they're thinking about the void that Miles Bridges will leave if he's not in the on the roster. People kind of forget he was the reason why he was starting is because Gordon Hayward exactly. wasn't available. I'm you so know? glad you said that. So <laughs> the only reason why Miles Bridges was really even starting and blossomed mm-hmm. in what he did is because Gordon Hayward just couldn't stay on the court. Gordon Hayward's healthy. Last I checked, Gordon Hayward's healthy going into this. So he was supposed to be the $30 million starting small forward for the Charlotte Hornets. He's now back. Your thoughts on uh, the Hornets with Gordon Hayward at that small forward position as opposed to Miles Bridges at that small forward position with LaMelo Ball running the show here. So, so that, yeah, I'm so glad you said that because that's everything, right? Because Bridges, I don't want to undervalue Miles Bridges, the basketball player, but let's be let's be honest, y'all. Miles Bridges, as that player he was, this team was a 10 seed and got embarrassed in the play in two years in a row. Right. Who wasn't around for those games? Gordon Hayward, right? If if you swap those two, which I think we will, but the the players are like Gordon Hayward is an all-star caliber player. He can play both ends. He can defend multiple positions and, and score on three different levels. He's one of those dudes that can positively affect the game without touching the ball. Like Gordon Hayward is a key to what they have going on here. And the big if is his availability. And if he's available, if he plays 70 games, which I'd argue he's due. <laughs> he's been like five years since he's played <laughs> 70 games. So he's due for a good run, right? I um, hope so, yeah. <laughs> if he plays 70 games, I've no doubt on his ability, right? It's just if he's available. So if he's available, this team will be fine. And then it'll be, it would be better, I think. Because I, I take that trade. I'll take a healthy Gordon Hayward over Miles Bridges. Like it, I think I would too, actually. I am, and when you look at the record of the Hornets when Gordon's actually out there, they're like a four seed in the, in the yeah. East. Like they've, they've 
played well when Gordon's out there. Now, granted, they've had miles available too, and that's been kind of a thing. But uh, yeah, people kind of forget that Gordon Hayward's on this team. If he can stay healthy, yeah, the makeup will be different. It won't be Airbnb, Airbnb or whatever because mm-hmm. Miles won't be there anymore. But that might actually help Lamelo and his uh, development as well. Um, something else I wanted to touch on before I get to Lamelo, uh, rookie center Mark Williams from Duke, the mm-hmm. first round draft pick this year. What are your thoughts on him, and where do you think he's going to fit in? Uh, will he stay with the main uh, team in Charlotte? Do you think he's going to get sent to the Swarm? Because it seems like Charlotte tends to do that with their draft picks, especially if they're younger guys. They'll spend a lot of time in Greensboro and then maybe come back up uh, to Charlotte. New coach, Steve Clitwell. New old coach, Steve yeah. Clifford in the house, though. So maybe that's the only change. That might have been a Borrego type of thing. Where do you think Mark Williams is going to be in this uh, in this in this lineup here? Do you think he stays with the main roster? Yeah, I think he has to. Because I, that, I think that's his best opportunity to learn. Yeah. Because he, he has the frame. Like he, and they say he's NBA ready, right? He's just he's not gonna come out the gates with a ton of playtime. But I think that's a good thing because Mason Plumley is on this roster and he's gonna start and he should start. He's the most experienced guy in the position, he's the best guy at, at the position right now. Mark Williams has this crazy frame, nine foot nine standing reach, seven seven wingspan. You know, he, he has a, he's a solid future in this league. And I think bringing him bringing him along slowly is is the key. Right. Um, and then putting him in, in positive situations, because as soon as he gets out there, I guarantee somebody's going to try to dunk on him. I guarantee yeah. you that he's going to be targeted. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so I think managing those expectations and maintaining his confidence at the NBA level is going to be key. I think Clifford is the right guy to do that because I think Mark is going to be involved defensively. And I think Clifford would, would, is going to really like that. If you play defense, that's the key to Clifford's heart. And so Mark is going to bring that, I think, on day one. Um, but my concern only. A very few concerns with him. One of them would be uh, his mentality when it comes to this kind of being over eager. How many times have we seen big guys get into the league and get in foul trouble or make stupid mistakes? And that that stuff will shed away in time. But you know, look, I can't get summer league out of my mind with him jumping up and like biting on a pump fakes and throwing his legs in the air trying to tip passes. Like you can't do that. Yeah, and no, you're, you're, gonna, you're gonna get cooked <laughs> doing that. You're gonna get yelled at. Uh, <laughs> the coach is gonna put his arm around you and go to the end of the bench. So. That stuff, I think we're going to go through it. Um, I think there's some like Shaq in a fool, JaVale McGee stuff potential there early on because of that. But I think that'll go away quickly. I believe in Mark Williams. And I think in a couple of years, he'll be knocking down threes. Like Mark Williams has a ton of talent and he fits in what you, he fits to what you need in today's NBA. Like think Robert Williams. Mm, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a perfect uh, analogy there. And I think actually he can be the one that kind of takes that that spot and that Airbnb type of deal. Yeah. I mean, he's perfect for the alley. Him, Kai jo- I don't want to jump ahead. Kai Jones, JT Gore. They have yeah. guys, even Dennis Smith Jr. Like they, they have athletes on this team. So that I excitement level is going to be there. I'm so curious in this roster because while they didn't do anything, those of us that cover the roster, we all kind of understand this is like the third youngest roster in the league. Mm-hmm. And like you can't just – abandon your plan three years into it it's the same thing with matt rule and the panthers i get it i was driving the fire matt rule bus just two (laughs) weeks ago (laughs) but i in the overall when you zoom out it's like okay you can't if you have a plan it's like a long-term plan you can't give up on the plan a couple years into it and the hornets seem committed to building camaraderie and experience with the young rosters they have people were complaining last year or in the draft that we traded away one of those two first round picks yep. and me and you were at the forefront of, we don't need it. We yeah. had two last year or three <laughs> last year, whatever it was. Like we've got all these 19 year old kids. Why do we need to bring another 19 year old kid in here? Let's let these guys play mm-hmm. and build from there. And I may be the only one I've said that they kind of remind me of 
like Golden State in 2013, 2012, where, yeah, you had Steph, you had something you could build around, but he wasn't Steph Curry yet. Yeah. And they had all these pieces, like all these young pieces and parts, and they had to kind of figure out who their core guys were going to be to build around them. And it ended up being Steph, Clay, Draymond, the Charlotte Hornets, who are the three core guys you think they needed to build around? Of course, Lamelo's going to be one of them. Yeah. But over the next three or four years, off this roster right here, if it's even possible, who do you think that core big three could potentially be for the Hornets looking ahead three, four years out? I think for sure it's uh, Lamelo and, and P.J. Washington. Uh, P.J., I, I keep going back to the Celtics. Sorry for the Celtics comps, but I think P.J. can be our Al Horford. I think P.J. can step out, hit a three like Al Horford can, and can switch on defense like Al Horford can. He's just not, he's not as big or tall. Um, and I think you can really build around that. I don't know who that third guy is. There's a lot of dudes in contention for that third spot, right? Like, if you look at um, guys like, uh, at least in the short term, Kelly Oubre, Jalen McDaniels. I think Jalen McDaniels has the potential to do something like that in the league long term. He has that frame. He has that ability. Um, just doesn't have that run. Um, maybe Book Knight can be a long term piece. But those like that that shooting a shooting guard doesn't really fit. You know what I mean? Like he's an undersized kind of guy. So Terry in the short term is that guy like for this for the like short term. But he's uh, he's approaching thirty. So it's a weird one. I don't think there's that long term third piece yet. Um, Maybe Mark Williams. Maybe, maybe yeah. Maybe. They're, they're guys that could become that, yeah, uh, for sure. But right now, I don't, I don't know. Because if I'm looking at this roster, like I, obviously, I'm, I wouldn't trade Lamelo. I wouldn't trade PJ. I think all those other guys that are in contention for that third spot, I think, are on the block. I don't look at those other guys as untouchable, like I would, like a core, like in Golden State. Well, we're gonna find out here soon enough. Uh, I don't know if. I don't know where the Hornets are going to be this year. I know they'll be fun to watch, uh, which mm-hmm. is which is pretty cool. And I know they'll be kind of if if the injury wise, if they can keep Gordon Hayward out there, I feel pretty good about them at least contending middle of the Eastern Conference. And again, I feel like they're at a point like management feels like okay, if we just let these kids that we drafted, JT Thor, um, who's the uh, uh, Book Knight, uh, yeah. these guys that didn't really get a chance to play. Kai Jones with the main roster. I feel like that, that Borrego got let go because of that, that yeah. Kupchak had these guys, he drafted them first round. Then we never really saw him because they got sent to the swarm and Borrego kind of tended to lean more on his veterans. He didn't really want to coach a young team like that. I think Steve Clifford got this job because he was willing to to do that part to kind of teach them how to play as a unit. So we'll see, but I'm going to have Sam on throughout the season. Um, some stuff I need to talk to you about off, uh, off camera down the road, uh, some stuff that's going on. Uh, with Tobacco Road and the Hornets that I wanted to get your opinion on. And um, the Believe in Charlotte Hornets podcast actually runs uh, throughout the weekday on Tobacco Road Sports Radio as well during the uh, the afternoon lineup. So whenever a new one pops up, you can expect it to probably run uh, here as well. So uh, Sam, Raymond Felton, co-host of that. Keep up the great work there. Got to get you out of here, but I'll definitely have you back on as we get closer to the beginning of the regular season. Yeah, sounds great. Sounds great. I'm here for it. Cool deal. Uh, tap outs and touchdowns co or tap outs and touchdowns host Ryan Frick and out of pocket with Michael Davis host Michael Davis will be on in just a bit right after this commercial break. We'll get in some WWE storylines and get you ready to get out of here for 12 o'clock kickoffs college football. You are listening to the rundown. You're listening to the rundown with Desmond Johnson. Blue Naples Pizzeria in Kernersville is now hiring. Come work for one of the best Italian restaurants in the triad. 
currently hiring dishwashers, cooks, front cashiers, and more. Great hours, great pay. Give them a call at 336-993-7707 or stop by and inquire at 1519 Union Cross Road in Kernersville. Start working this week. Blue Naples Pizza. Welcome to the Triad's Best Kept Secret, Tucker's Grill, located on the corner of Highway 66 and High Point Road at 4110 North Main Street in High Point. Open 6.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. Tuesday through Saturday. Voted some of the best burgers in the Triad, Tucker's Grill also offers breakfast plates, breakfast sandwiches, hot dogs, lunch sandwiches, and homemade soup during the winter months. Visit Tucker's Grill for lunch today, 4110 North Main Street in High Point. For the best sports talk in the triad. You can't touch this. The best interviews with coaches and players. You can't touch this. You're home for live triad sports. You can't touch this. And now it's TGI Friday. Welcome to Out of Pocket with Michael Davis. Happy Friday. You're in the huddle with franchise players. Welcome to a Friday afternoon edition of the score. Tobacco Rogues TGI Friday Sports Line. 4 p.m. WWBG 1470 a.m. every Friday afternoon. Back to the rundown with Desmond Johnson. Welcome back into the rundown. WWBG 1470 AM live every Saturday morning, 10 AM to 12 noon. We get you ready for your college football kickoffs at 12. We get you ready for the NFL on Sunday. We get you ready for NBA, college basketball, whatever you got going on. We recap high school sports. We are your de facto source for sports in the triad. And uh, two gentlemen that are contributing to that with me right now. Host of the like that theme. That theme music just slaps whenever I bring y'all on. I don't know what it is. So good. So good. (laughs) Ryan Ryan Frick, the host of Tap Outs and Touchdowns that you can hear every weekday uh, or during the weekday on Tobacco Road Sports Radio. And Michael Davis, host of Out of Pocket with Michael Davis, part of the TGI Friday lineup, debuting October 14th on WWBG 1470 AM. They're doing their thing. I got to bring them on for some WWE talk real quick before we get you out of here at 12 noon. Guys, uh, let's just jump right into it Um, real quick. I got to I got to ask your opinion on this white rabbit thing with WWE. Uh for starters, I think it's like one of the coolest things that they've done in a while and it's got uh Triple H's fingerprints all over it again. I think I saw a comment where he mentioned that they're going to do this going forward. Uh I'm a huge sucker for Easter eggs. I was a former Losty, uh a former Lost fan and it was just nothing but Easter eggs throughout the entire six seasons which kind of kept you involved in it. Um thoughts on this and who are they talking about? Cuz I mean, we kind of have an idea, but Thoughts on who this might be and when they might debut. Uh, Trips has been on a roll with with bringing out debuts of uh, bringing back guys or just the way they brought them out ever since he took over the book. Uh, Ryan, let's start with you. Uh, for those who don't know or, or wondering what we're talking about, this White Rabbit thing, uh, WWE started playing Jefferson Airplane's White Rabbit in between commercial breaks uh, to the, the, the live audiences. Then they started putting these QR codes up randomly on Raw and SmackDown where uh, if you would freeze the frame and, and take a picture of it it would take you to either like a game or they give you coordinates to where the next raw and smackdown was or whatever it may be it's pretty cool uh it's building a, a buzz an internet buzz about whatever this is about ryan uh, let's start off with you your thoughts about whatever's going on with this white rabbit thing they've got going on and and do you like it or is it something you feel like WWE's not doing correctly 
Well, for starters, they've also got a T-shirt on WWE.com too. So they are really getting behind whatever it is that they're trying to push. Um, listen, I always love uh, any 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 way that, that wrestling can surprise you. Like part of pro wrestling, part of the love of pro wrestling is being able to be surprised. So whatever they're trying to do with the QR codes, the, the music they're playing in between show and, and you know, commercial breaks, they're doing it right because it's got us talking about it. It's got the internet a buzz. I think the the common theme is that it's going to be Bray Wyatt. Um, that whatever whatever they're going to do with him, whether they bring him back as the fiend or some sort of multiple personality character, whatever they're doing, um, it's 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 a pretty the the most concrete theory is that it's going to be Bray Wyatt, and I would love it because. Bray Wyatt, whether he was doing that backwoods cult leader thing or the multiple personality uh, uh, funhouse yeah, versus fun the house. fiend, yeah. um, he's a great character on WWE TV. And I, one of the best characters since The Undertaker debuted in the early 90s. So um, it's, yeah, I love it, man. I'm here for it. I can't wait to see the payoff. Uh, Mike, your thoughts? Because um, I, I kind of think Bray too, and I'm, my mind always skips ahead. I feel like I, I was a, a wrestling booker in a previous life or something because I feel like I can kind of figure out where the chess pieces are supposed to be. And I look at the possibilities. I know Triple H loves stables, and you can kind of see since he's returned, he's built a stable for Bailey. Bloodline's gotten bigger. Uh, Judgment Day's gotten bigger. Uh, on one hand, I thought, wouldn't it be cool? Because they haven't really named a leader for Judgment Day. Wouldn't it be cool if Bray Wyatt Wyatt is the one they've been answering to this whole time and he's the one that's kind of above them. I know they kind of did that with Dark Order and AEW or whatever, but they didn't really do it exactly right. But that that was a thought. What if he comes back as Bray Wyatt and tries to rebuild the Wyatt family? Uh, Braun Strowman's already back in there. I, I don't know where um, Eric Rowan is. Yeah. yeah, I don't know yeah. currently where he is. But you don't necessarily have to have him. You can just you know pluck a couple guys out. What are your thoughts on this story? Do you think it's Bray Wyatt? And uh, what do you think they're doing here going forward? So I do believe that Bray Wyatt is the white rabbit. All the QR codes are given hints of like coordinates or zip codes, zip code of extreme rules. And one thing that really jogged my interest last night on SmackDown was it was like a little video of a pig. And that's a great reference to Husky Harris. That was a reference to the mm. Firefly Funhouse. Mm. We've seen like burning houses and like, the pig trying to like rebuild the house, which the white compound was burned down. Yeah, then Randy Orton got by Randy Orton. Yeah, that's right. Firefly yeah. Funhouse burned down, and so mm. with the idea of a stable, we've heard like over the last year or two, the Wyatt Six. That was Bray Wyatt's Twitter handle for the longest time was Wyatt Six, and these QR codes have mysteriously popped up during a Karrion Cross promo, an Alexa Bliss promo, Braun Strowman on air, Dexter Loomis. Mm. So I don't know if they're building like a brand Ooh. new stable for Bray Wyatt to take Ooh. over. And if so, this is <laughs> this is brilliant. I didn't even Ideas think of all that. Because yeah. I think a lot of it has to do with the placement of it too. Like when it, it's not random. When it pops up, it's usually, you're right, it, it is pop up with Alexa Bliss. And I noticed that her, her, uh, attire has kind of slowly changed over the past two weeks to more darker stuff again she's not exactly that alexa bliss she was with when she was with bray wyatt but she's still carrying around the doll and she's still kind of got that element i could see hers being part of a stable like that the way rhea ripley is with judgment day um 
I like that. That yeah, that's uh, yeah. <laughs> I like that. So shout out to Triple H and uh, WWE for that. I love that kind of thing. Keeps me entertained. Uh, got to move over to Bloodline. Bloodline grew over the past. Uh, last time I had you guys on here, uh, Solo Sokoa been moved up, uh, and Sami Zayn honorary Oos. Um, I didn't think I would really? love it as much as I did. That was perfect television. Like that was just perfect. They could have went on for another twenty minutes, and I would have been perfectly fine <laughs> like just sitting there watching them interact and uh somebody put a meme up on twitter the other day where we were like uh everyone's acting surprised that Sami Zayn is the honorary oos but he's been there the whole time and it's like mm. different pictures of like uh sammy when the usos won the nxt tag titles the first time he's in the ring with them uh roman reigns at like the the wwe hall of fame and sammy's like behind him <laughs> like sitting behind him in the crowd um He's just been around like uh, when Roman won the WWE title. I think Sammy was there or something on the ramp or something when it happened. So he's kind of been around. So it's not weird that he's with them. I love what they're doing with it because it's a slow build. I think they can build it to like eventually something happens between him and Jey Uso because they are kind of planting the seeds for that. Maybe he gets kicked out of bloodline and maybe that's when him and Kevin Owens finally, you know, reunite and they go after the Usos and the tag team titles. That would be a way to get it off of the Usos. When it comes to Roman Reigns, I have no idea who's taking this belt off of him. It's not going to be Logan Paul. I think we can just go ahead and say that right now. But I will ask you this. Does that match at Crown Jewel have the opportunity to steal the show? Which is weird to say for a, a world championship matchup. But I came away from that Miz-Logan Paul match extremely impressed with Logan Paul. Way more than I expected to be after it was over. I was like, that was a pretty damn good match for some reason. I don't know why it was. Do you think that that can happen with Logan Paul, Roman Reigns? Or do you think this is going to be one of those Roman just beats the tar out of him for 10 minutes and appeases the, the Saudis? Um, Listen, I uh, first and foremost, I want to I say the Sami Zayn angle was amazing. We talk about swerves and being surprised. And it was, it was like you said, perfect television. Um... I don't think Logan Paul and Roman Reigns is going to steal the show. I didn't think the best match at Clash of the Castle featured Roman Reigns. So, listen, mm -hmm. Logan Paul is athletic. Logan Paul, um, I guess I guess you could call him an athlete. Um, and the funny <laughs> thing is, is that we talked about Vince <laughs> trying to push, push Roman down our throats. WWE is trying to push logan paul as a baby face and nobody's here for it because he's not to, in real life right like he's, he's not, not he, he's yeah. not a, he's not a good guy and he's got fans um i still go back to what he did in japan years ago that he had to apologize for because he was going to be canceled otherwise but you can be athletic and you can be entertaining to an to an extent i mean he's got a successful podcast but when it comes to professional wrestling in a WWE championship match, you don't just throw a celebrity in there. And I, I, I'm unhappy about it. I, um, I, like I said, I'm not a fan of Logan Paul. I don't think he deserves to be taking this chance. Again, I understand the, the concept of WWE trying to incorporate Hollywood and pop culture, but um, I'm not here for it. I don't care for it. I'm ready to see what happens after they send Logan Paul off for some more wrestling training. Cause I don't, it's well, Roman Reigns ain't gonna carry the match, and Logan Paul isn't gonna carry the match. So who's gonna carry the match? Is, something's is like, yeah, something's got to give. Then uh, between now and then, um, Mike, uh, I want to actually before we run out of time, I want to touch on uh, Judgment Day. 
um, and this thing they got going on with AJ Styles. They're playing off the the Finn Balor AJ Styles relationship. Well, they never really had a. They weren't there at the same time. They both ran Bullet Club, but Finn Finn created Bullet Club over New Japan Pro Wrestling left uh, to come here, and AJ took his spot. And they're they're connected because of that and that connection. And you know, we threw up the two sweet beginning of the segment. He's playing off of that. It reminded me of um back it was SummerSlam. It was before it was Finn and Seth Rollins uh for the Universal title. And in the, the there was a backstage segment in that SummerSlam where uh Finn was still by himself. AJ was with um uh online Good Brothers. Good Brothers. Yeah, they he was with them at that point and they were the club or whatever they were calling it. And there was a segment backstage where Finn's walking past them and they're sitting there talking, you know, back and forth. And they're all, they all throw up the sounds like, give us a two sweet or just kind of hint at the idea of putting them together. And Finn kind of just kind of chuckles and shakes his head and walks out to the match. He wins the universal title, hurts himself, gives it up the next night. So we never see what that would have been. But I think that was kind of the idea. What, what do you think happens here? Cause I'm not feeling judgment day and the way they're constructed because of how they were constructed they feel like they were there before Triple H and Triple H is trying to figure out what to do with them to make them stronger. But I don't think they ever were going to work without Edge because he's the one that created it. So they feel like this random group that are out there uh, that they're trying to make bigger. I guess what I'm saying is should AJ end up joining Judgment Day or should Finn leave Judgment Day and do something with AJ? I feel like AJ Styles could be a face. I feel like we'll eventually get AJ Styles versus Roman Reigns in this tribal chief reign so it's like very it's yeah. very important to keep styles face if they were to somehow try to figure out how to make judgment day a face and have them go against the bloodline maybe that could work i don't know how you turn judgment day as baby faces though they're doing the same thing too it's like each week they kind of this is really the only beef i've had with the booking so far they'll find a star They'll tell him, hey, you need to join, you need to join. That star either joins or he doesn't, and they move on to another star. And, like, it's – they need something to happen. They need to be persistent. Yeah. So, <laughs> they need to be persistent with it. Now, what would be awesome is if, um, say, they did get AJ to join him, and he's with him for a couple of months, and he kind of turns it into something else, and it becomes – because they don't really have a, a de facto leader. It feels like it's Finn, but if you bring AJ in, then you can play off the AJ-Finn dynamic, who's really leading it here lead to maybe something between AJ and Finn. And then you really can break AJ off as a baby face, you know, after that going forward on the raw brand, because they're going to need one besides Bobby Lashley, I guess is the main one over there right now. Uh, when it comes to bloodline though. Yeah, absolutely. I think AJ's next AJ and Roman have had some great matches in the past. Uh, I would love to see that at survivor series because Roman can't fight himself. Um, so he'll have to have someone to fight at survivor series. And it probably would be that I would think they're going to do Lashley, versus uh gunther at survivor scissors which they need to yeah that would be a fantastic match there um i'm hearing leslie i mean uh bobby lashley versus brock lesnar at crown jewel which would be fun uh we haven't really seen that completely we've only seen it once uh they deserve to go back and forth in the series i think that would be great too um and that's really it i I feel like they're slow burning to wrestlemania for the rock for roman and they just have to keep feeding them dudes until they can get there and they don't have to wrestle him every month. He can wrestle every two months or, or whatever. And that's what he's doing now. As long as he appears on SmackDown twice a month, Raw once a month, does a pay-per-view every 60 days, people were kind of cool with him being, you know, where he is right now. But Bloodline is the hottest thing in wrestling right now, in my opinion. 
and Triple H has done God's work when it comes to <laughs> booking these shows right now. They're just fantastic. I got We are past our limit of time here. People got to get off and watch these football games. Uh, I got to book a longer segment with you guys for wrestling because we can get deep into all this stuff um, as it goes. And maybe we make it more of a regular segment with you guys since you guys are on Tobacco Road already. Uh, tap outs and touchdowns. Usually twice a week, you'll have a wrestling program earlier in the week and then an all-football program later on in the week. Those run, uh, I think, usually like Tuesday and Friday or something like that on Tobacco Road during the afternoons. Uh, out of pocket with Michael Davis. They talk WWE as well. They also talk football and other sports relevant here in the uh, the area. That's on the TGI Friday lineup here at Tobacco Road. Usually airs at 4 p.m. I think it'll still air at 4 p.m. when we have it on WWBG starting October the 14th. Uh, check out for that a little bit later on tonight, 6:30 p.m. A&T taking on Bryant, the pregame show with Donald Wears at 6:30. A&T versus Bryant live, 7 p.m. College Football on Tobacco Road Sports Radio. Uh, you can hear that in the triad on WKW 1400 AM or online at Tobacco Guys, I got to get everybody out of here. It's 12 noon. Everybody enjoy your hopefully drying out uh, weekend with Ian getting pushed on up out of here. Go enjoy the games. We will see you next week. You've been listening to the rundown. Young, 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 young